Technology is weird. I just want y'all to know that. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Mm -hmm. Welcome to episode 148 of the No Spots Weekly Wrestling Podcast, part of the True Radio Network now and for always. We are glad to be with you. We have a lot to talk about on this episode, so strap yourselves in because it's going to be a wild, wild ride. And my goodness, we just we looked at the car for AEW Revolution, and tomorrow's live reaction stream is going to be a long one. Why they have it on a Sunday night? Uh, I hate it. I understand though because it's UFC tonight, the day that we are recording this. But god damn it, that still sucks. I'm going to be so miserable Monday morning. But it is what it is. I am DC's People's Shab. I'm coming to you from the People Studios in Alexandria, Virginia. Good old Nova. And, of course, coming to you from Central Virginia in the alternate basement this week. None other than my tag team partner to my left, your right, if you are watching this on Twitch.tv slash True No Spots Pod is the nun, is one, blah, 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 I got stun locked. It is the one and the only, the Dark Lord Sith himself. Sith, how are you doing this fine Saturday? Oh, man. Welcome, everyone, to the alternate basement. That's right. Thanks to all chatters, lurkers, followers, subscribers, as well as everyone listening on our audio platforms. Hopefully, everyone is staying safe. And I got to tell you all to start. Hey, champ, I got some news for you, man. What's that? Whitney and I, we found Veer. But we guess where Veer. we found him? Where do you find him? Where'd you find him? Oh, he's on that trash show main event that nobody watches, and he's in catering. Oh, gosh. Jesus Christ. I'm trolling the fuck out of that. Because on oh. Twitter, they keep putting it up there. I'm like, y'all know he's in catering. You got nothing for him. But anyway, champ, what's good in the people's studios in the in the AVA, as Chris Bay calls it, good sir? AV, yep, the AVA, indeed. And today was a beautiful day, in ter- like temperature-wise, not a cloud in the sky. I was able to turn off my heat, have my windows open, and just feel a nice, beautiful breeze. It's It was wonderful today, man. And I figured that this glare that was going to be above me was going to be around for a few minutes. Luckily, we had, we, start, we had a little bit of a buffer before we started the show, so now the glare is pretty much gone. That's a good day. Shadow B, what's up, dude? I haven't seen you in forever. How have you been, bro? Um, but we appreciate you, everybody, either watching us on twitch.tv slash true no spots pod, including uh, sis better have Whitney, as well as yep. Shadow B, who just checked in, and everybody who's listening to us on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, as I said on this at the start, we got a lot to cover. Uh, of course, we have our news and notes, including uh, a former WWE star who put their foot in their mouth on social media and is now get, catching legitimate and well-deserved backlash for it. And also, we will have a discussion about the big announcement from Tony Khan that took place this past Wednesday on Dynamite. Uh, in, New, in the New Japan we, recap, 
I will be looking back at the anniversary show that took place this past Tuesday, as well as the start of the New Japan Cup, plus last week's action, the final, uh, the next stop in the New Beginning in USA Tour in Washington to tell you what happened there. We will be re we will be previewing tomorrow's AEW Revolution pay per view, which has twelve matches on the card total. Three will be on the pre-show, also known as the buy-in, and then the rest of the matches will be on the main card with every championship on the line with the exception of the TNT Championship as the TNT Champion will be in a match, a non-title multi-man match. We have a lot to talk about, so we should not waste any more time. Referee, you know what to do. Thank you. And Shadow, all things have been been all right with me and things like that. But you know, it is what it is. Life is life. <laughs> anyway, yep. all right, let's get into it. First and foremost, a former WWE star is just popping off on Twitter, not only with their their you know anti vaccination things and things like that, but then they decide to get into the whole issue with what's going on on the other side of the world with Russia and the Ukraine and her take on that was not only very tone deaf it was incredibly stupid who am I talking about you ask none other than the former Nia Jax so she went on social media and said the following and lord have mercy the fact that she put this out there and doubled down on it just tells me that no, I'm glad she's not coming back to wrestling because no wrestling company would even sign her, especially after this. She said, quote, all these motherfuckers saying I stand with Ukraine couldn't even stand for their own personal rights for two years because they were scared to breathe. Bitch, what? What? What kind of take? What kind of take is that? What kind of take is that? So. Basically, so everybody knew that and after she was released in November, there were a lot of reports saying that part of the reason she was let go is because she's, she's anti-vax. She's an anti-vaxxer, doesn't want to get vaccinated, and with them starting to go to places where vaccination mandates are in place, it would be hard to like have her on the show or things like that because she wouldn't be allowed in, in venues and stuff like that. And yeah, so ever since her release from WWE, she has just been on social media just letting her anti-vaccination beliefs just go off, right? Um, and, yeah, apparently, you know, apparently this upset a particular person so much they unfollowed her. That person being the current Raw Women's Champion, uh, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch went and unfollowed her on, on, on social media because, like, I would too. Because that's just stupid. Uh, Sith, hold on. So before I get to Sith's point of view, there were a couple of tweets that came out that were put on. And I, I credit to WrestlingInc.com for this. Somebody tweeted out, Nia Jax is apparently the first person to get CTE from giving other people concussions. Ouch. And then apparently the Public Enemies podcast who apparently had an, a, a, a relationship with Nia Jax, that relationship is now severed, uh, according to this tweet that they put out on the 2nd of March. They say it has come to our attention that Nia Jax has been saying some crazy things regarding Ukrainian and Ukrainian and the COVID mask protocols. We are parting ways with her, but we will always remember the good times. 
Sith. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Hector, I'll, I'll get to your comment in just a minute, but I, I don't know, man. What, what do you got, man? That, this, this is crazy. I unfollowed her when she came in as an anti-vaxxer. Because I just couldn't deal with her posting conspiracy theories about shit to begin with. Now, this shit about the Ukraine. Note to Nia Jax. No wonder why you don't want to be in pro wrestling again. No one wants to hire you right now. You have more toxic heat on you right now than some people that have got major heat on them for their actions 20 fucking years ago. Yeah, the heat on Nia Jax is nuclear heat, no pun intended here. Her, I saw her remark, and I'm I'm thinking, is this woman this stupid? I mean, really, it's bad enough that people have come after me for being anti-war, but this idiot. And I use that term because I can use another term that's deeply offensive that I don't want to get banned. This idiot thinks that people think highly of her opinion right now. No. No. You know it's bad when one of your former co-workers who defended you in, on several occasions just unfollowed you. Becky Lynch is a class act. She literally stood up for Nia when no one else would. She's had enough. She unfollowed her. That should tell you everything right there. Yep. And that's facts, Shadow. That's absolute facts. And Hector, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Pregnant women are extremely emotional. I would not cross that road, my friend. Trust exactly. me. Just, just let it be. But back to this situation here. I'm just like this. Look, Naya, whatever you do in life, whatever. I'm not wishing you good luck. I'm not wishing you any good, positive anything. Because you are a weird and crazy individual, and clearly you need help. And that's all I'm going to say about that. We are going to move on to our next news story in which Revolution Pro Wrestling this past Thursday afternoon announced an epic, and I mean epic, encounter for the undisputed British Heavyweight Championship at their next big show, Rev Pro Epic Encounter, uh, on May the 22nd. Now, the current champion is, of course, Will Ospreay, uh, who is the leader of the United Empire in New Japan. His opponent is someone he's somewhat familiar with who is also from New Japan. And that opponent, who challenged for the undisputed British Heavyweight Championship on May the 22nd, is none other than Minoru Suzuki. Oh, what? That's right, folks. May 22nd, it will be Minoru Suzuki 
Go, and this will be taking place at York Hall. Minoru Suzuki will challenge Will Ospreay for the British, undisputed British Heavyweight Championship. Mind you, Suzuki is a former British Heavyweight Champion himself, holding the title for 105 days back in 2018. So he's looking to try to get his second chance at that championship. Suzuki's going to have a busy time in the spring, uh, springtime after this New Japan Cup tour. He's going to be uh, attending several events over WrestleMania weekend, including a, an event hosted by Josh Barnett, as well as uh, events for Joey Janela. He's going to be at Bloodsport 8, Joey Janela's Spring Break 6, WrestleCon Super Show, and the Lone Star Shootout that's taking place in Texas. Woo! Sith, how do you feel about that one? I, I have no words. This is going to be fucking epic. Suzuki Gun against Will Ospreay. And think about it. All those states that were named, if he were to beat Osprey, if, those could be possible title defenses in all of those shows. That's an that's an interesting that's an interesting point, Sith. It that's just simply just came to mind, spur of the moment, spontaneous here. Yeah, that's that's <sighs> my wow. mind is totally blown on this. I got news for Osprey. You know this guy. This is not gonna be a picnic in the park, Will. You better protect your neck. Yeah, I mean Osprey Osprey has been a hell of a champion. Now, granted, his title reign has been lengthened due to the fact due to the pandemic and the fact that you know Rep Pro hadn't had shows for over a year. They just started back up mid uh, mid last year and stuff like that. But he has been the British heavyweight champion now for over two years. He won that championship on Valentine's Day 2020 in your call, defeating Zack Saber Jr. and he went on to beat Michael Oku, who was the interim British heavyweight champion, to make him undisputed British heavyweight champion. He has beaten. Um, well, it was a fatal four. It was a it was a multi man match with Michael Oku, Shota Umino, Ricky Knight Jr., and Doug Williams. Everybody knows who Doug Williams is. That's a legend in British wrestling. I. <sighs> I got to find a way to watch this event. Honestly, I got to find yeah. a way to watch this. Just for Suzuki versus Osprey, I got to find a way to watch this event. Unless New Japan puts it on World, I got to find a way to watch this. There's no way I got I there's no way I missed this. I can't miss this at all. That's going to be an amazing amazing event. I cannot wait for that one. All right, next we have some broadcasting news when it comes to Impact Wrestling. As you know, they're, they're having their Impact Plus special tonight, which is Sacrifice, with a nice little, nice little card, which I will take a look at as, as we get out of the news before we get into uh, the New, J New Japan recap. But they're making a change at the announce table. As you know, about a month or so ago, uh, D'Lo Brown was written off of TV after being attacked by Honor No More. And he's been. They had. They cycled in uh, analysts to come in until recently. They brought in Matt. They took Matt Raywall and put him at the commentary desk. And he's done such a great, great job that they're making it a permanent move. For so going forward, Tom Hannafan 
and Matthew Raywell will be the permanent announce team for Impact Wrestling moving forward with D'Lo Brown shifting back to his backstage duties. Uh, the reason for, reasoning for that is that they wanted D'Lo to be able to focus more on his backstage duties and not have to worry about the backstage stuff and doing commentary, especially now that they're back on the road and the fact that, you know, they need him backstage as a producer and do his stuff back there. And they, you know, didn't want him to have that on his shoulders along with comment, you know, doing commentary for live shows. When they were in the Skyway Center, Skyway Studios, there, a lot of their commentary was done post-production, so that way he was able to do it. And so, but now Matt Raywall, the Drama King, is now going to be the, the lead analyst for Impact, working alongside Tom Hannafan. Your thoughts, Sith? Solid move with Impact getting back, and a lot of people still complain to me about this. You know, Impact does all these shows. Yeah, they do, but. This is a very smart strategic move. Matthew Rahal, we know he knows his shit on commentary. We know that. Big facts there. And it would also help given that impacts back on the road again to have Thilo Brown backstage so she he can be more hands-on with the matches that he's producing and also helping out the younger talent as well. So it's a win-win. You get Thilo back to where he needs to be. You get one hell of a person on commentary in Raywall. It's a win-win. It's absolutely a win-win. And like you said, you know, D'Lo Brown handles talent relations as well as producing. So, you know, it's much better for him now that they're not, you know, they're actually on the road and not in a studio where they do post-production uh, commentary. So it makes the most sense to have Matt Raywall do it. And then every now and again, if he does have a match or something, you can have someone else sit in while he does his match. I'm pretty sure he's still going to have some dust-ups with uh, Honor No More going forward, now that Honor No More is a thing. But uh, moving forward, I like it. And I, like I said, we watch Impact every week, so we see it and we hear it, and it's very, very, very good. And we already know how good of a, a commentary Matthew Raywall can be. We heard his work at WWE, and that's what having somebody screaming in your freaking ear the entire time. So look what he's doing now when he doesn't have that anyway. All right, our last news story before we get a quick look uh, ahead to Sacrifice tonight and then move on to our eight, uh, New Japan recap. Um, we all saw, if you haven't seen Dynamite yet, then I don't know what you're, what you're doing. If you haven't heard this news yet, I don't know what rock you're living under, but get from under that rock because the big announcement that Tony Conti's for days, weeks, whatever, finally came out Wednesday on Dynamite. And that big news is that Tony Khan and AEW have officially acquired Ring of Honor Wrestling. That is a huge deal. Huge deal. So the official press release came out, and Joe Coff, who was the chief operating officer for Ring of Honor, did explain how current people involved with the company are excited to see Tony continue the, the, legacy, the ROH's legacy. Um, so in the acquisition, the video library, brand assets, intellectual property from independent professional wrestling's most prestigious promotion purchased under new partnership with Tony Khan. And they said that the, the video, the, they're, they're acquiring the promotion's extensive video library dating, dating back to 2002, brand assets, intellectual property, production equipment, and more. The Forbidden Door has not only been slammed, has been kicked open, 
<laughs> that motherfucker's been knocked the fuck down. It, it's it? blown off the hinges. Talk about it. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the news came out Wednesday night, just after 8 p.m., literally, as the opener for Dynamite hits the whole nine yards. Tony comes to the ring, does a three-minute announcement that it's official that Tony Khan has bought Ring of Honor Wrestling. This is awesome for wrestling fans. But I'm going to look at this from a historic and current view here because of some misinfo on the internet because people are assuming and acting like the first three letters instead of getting their facts straight. So to quote Superintendent Andrews from Alien 3, this is remote control. Here are the facts. Okay, number one. Sinclair Broadcasting was actively seeking a buyer for Ring of Honor Wrestling. This wasn't something that wasn't unheard of because broadcasters always look for a way to cut costs. And with Sinclair, they're more focused now on their news division and not pro wrestling. So in essence, this was a company looking to let go via sale of property. This is no different than 2000, 2001, when then AOL Time Warner was looking for a buyer for WCW because they weren't interested in keeping a wrestling promotion under their wing. Hector, you'll hear about more of that tomorrow in the basement. Number two, this isn't pre-2001 all over again with what WWE did with the territory system either. In the case of the territory system, that was a deal of Vince going into all the markets and running the competition at the territories out of business. This was an open sale here. Big difference. And also, unlike 2001, wrestlers have either already been released by Ring when Ring of Honor went on hiatus or the contracts run out this month. So let's say the Briscoes and Jonathan Gresham want to work with AEW slash Ring of Honor. They have to talk directly to Tony Khan if they want to work in those areas. Back in 2001, you had wrestlers that either could negotiate with Vince on a new deal or they waited for the guaranteed contracts to expire from AOL Time Warner. This is an exciting time here, to say the least. If the reports are true and Ring of Honor is going to be developmental, here's what I see. Dark and Dark Elevation would be the secondary roster that goes between Dynamite and Rampage, but doesn't get featured much. Excuse me, Ring of Honor could be straight up developmental with AEW digging in. Champ, what's your take, homie? I like it, and I want to echo a take that you made in our group chat uh, earlier this week when this was announced that this was happening, that this could be the start of a move for AEW to get into a, to get their own streaming platform. Just mm-hmm. Like pretty like similar to WWE network, like the, or, or in JPW world where they would have content because of course they can't do it before this because they're only going into their third year. And I said this on a uh, Thursday night during our live stream. And you can listen to the podcast audio on our podcasting platforms that, you know, Two and a half, almost three years in, they don't have enough content to have a sustainable streaming service or streaming uh, uh, platform. But if they add the Ring of Honor platform, which, as it said in the release, is dating back to its roots of 2002, that's 20 years of material. That's 20 years of content. 
You add that in there along with all of the AEW content, and you have a great streaming service, a great streaming platform that people will pay money to be to, to subscribe to. So I think that that could be the next move for them with this acquisition is that they'll have 20 years of Ring of Honor content to be able to put on there. Though it's going to be very difficult, they're going to have to sift through a lot of content and either dub over music or get the rights to that music, which could cost them a pretty penny because Ring yep. of Honor was using a lot of copyrighted music during their 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 run their run run before right. you know TV deals and stuff like that. So they're gonna have to deal with that before they could put that stuff out there as you know content on a streaming service or something like that. But I think that's the next move. It's a streaming service. I think that's where yep. they go. That's where they go with it. And I would I wouldn't be surprised honestly. Yeah. Because here's what I said. I said HBO Max could be a feasible opportunity. And here's what I think what would happen with HBO Max. Right now, pay-per-views wouldn't go direct to HBO Max. But what you could see is, for example, a couple of days after a pay-per-view airs, it going on to HBO Max. And if you were able to be on a if you have like the $14.99 top tier ad free, you're you would be able to get all the content there without commercials. That's what I have because I have HBO. You could buy the $8.99 tier or something like that a month, which is the ad-supported tier, it would be a, be a lot like Peacock with ads, basically. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's a, that's a good shout. And Hector, they they their pay per views are on Fight TV, but only internationally. They have an yeah. agreement with, B, with Bleacher, Bleacher Report. Report here domestically. Yeah, domestically is Bleacher Report. Internationally is Fight. Um, but yeah, I think and Shadow said it best. I think this is the best time to be a wrestling fan. Quite it is honestly. There's so much going on. And finally, as we uh, continue, as we finish off our news segment here. Um, Tonight, it's Impact Sacrifice. It is taking place at the uh, Paris Hall at Paris Hall in Louisville, Kentucky. And again, it'll be airing on Impact Plus as well as YouTube Ultimate Insider. So if you are an Ultimate Insider, mm-hmm. like me and like Sid, yep. you will be able to watch the event for free. On the, if, you are, if you have an Impact Plus subscription or you are an Ultimate Insider on YouTube, you watch the uh, event for free. If you are not, I think it's like 10 or 15 bucks i think to watch it uh, without that so i mean and looking at the card i think it's worth it so this is the card real quick and then i'm gonna get sips take on how he feels about the card and then we're gonna move on to new japan real quick so you have two pre-show matches which are gonna be free on youtube in about an hour's time from when we're we're talking about this uh rich swan and willie mack will take on matt taven and matt uh, mike bennett of honor no more and Lady Frost will face the quintessential diva, Giselle Shaw. And then the main card, you have Alex Shelley going up against Jay White. You have um, Rhino going up against Eddie Edwards. You have Jonah going up against PCO. And then your championship matches, you have Trey Miguel defending the X Division title against Jake Something. You have the Good Brothers defending the World Tag Team Championships against Diener and Doran of Violent by Design. You have Mickey James versus Tasha Steeles for the Impact Knockouts World Championship. Deanna Peraza will have another champ, 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 uh, 
uh, open challenge for either the AAA Rainer Day Rainer's title or the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. And then, of course, you have the Inspiration defending the Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championships against the Influence. And in the main event, Moose defending the Impact World Championship against Heath. Your thoughts on this 11-match card? Stacked as fuck. And let me tell y'all something, and this is not a night sighting in AEW. This card will be over by 10.55 or so east. So that way you can actually get a good night's sleep, come out the next day and be all good. I'll probably watch this Monday morning because of the fact that got revolution and tomorrow i'm gonna be unwinding a bit because we've got one long fucking string tonight. oh my god but yeah this is a stack card if i had to give it a spur of the moment preliminary grade a minus i'm gonna give this one a potential b plus cool. um not not to be you know negative or just anything like that but i just i just feel like it looks like it's a strong pay-per-view, but like a couple of these matches kind of worry me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, most notably, uh, the the inspiration influence match kind of worries me because their first outing was okay, and I don't know how they, I, they they have to improve upon that. If if that if that remains to be just okay, like it was their first encounter and stuff like that, I'm not gonna. Down. Yeah, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be fun. That's one match that worries me. And then Jonah PCO kind of worries me. Not really worries me. That kind. Of, only thing that only other thing that worries me is the Deanna Parazzo champ champ challenge because we don't know who's gonna challenge. We don't know who's gonna challenge. We know Deanna's gonna be out there and she's gonna she's gonna do her thing in terms of you know the, her title defense, but we don't know who's challenging. I have a prediction. What's the prediction? During his title. Taya Valkyrie comes out. That could be that could be a something. I think that that's what's going to happen. That could be something. That I, that might actually give me a big pop and might improve my grade. Actually, oh, that it would. oh god, if Taya Valkyrie shows up, good night. Yes, yeah, I think I'm going to. Wa- I think I'm going to watch uh, the the show tomorrow morning when I wake up because I won't have anything really to watch. So I'll just put that on. And watch that and stuff. So there, there you go. And, and hey, Hector, I'll join you on that hill. Right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Sith is joining you on that hill there, Hector. And yep. he's giving it a For B or a B plus. Him on a hill. Holy shit. He's giving it a B or a B plus. All right. All right, cool. Sith. He sit back for just a quick little bit. We're going to talk quick, quickly some New Japan. Uh, as you know, right now in Japan, it is the new all about the New Japan Cup tournament. The field was at forty eight before the day before the uh, at the anniversary show. But then on February the twenty eighth, it was announced that two of the uh, the participants in the tournament have to be redrawn, both from the anniversary show as well as the tournament itself, uh, due to injury. And that was Hiroshi Tenzan, who's still who's dealing with a knee injury. He was pulled from the anniversary show as well as the New Japan Cup, giving a bye to uh, the first round winner, which I will get into in just a second because Tenzan got a, a first round bye, and Kota Ibushi, who is still recovering. From that shoulder injury he suffered in the G1 Climax Final back in October, uh, he went through a final evaluation, and it was revealed that he still was not ready to <coughs> to compete. Uh, if he to compete not only in the anniversary show, but then in the 
however many matches he was going to run through in the New Japan Cup. And because of that, they decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and keep you off the shelf. And because it was so close to the start of the tournament, they didn't have anybody else to replace these two. That's why uh, Great Khan, who was supposed to be Kota's first-round opponent, is getting a uh, automatic pass to the next round, as well as Taichi, who won his first round match, which I'll get into in just a second, getting a, a pass all the way to the third round uh, due to Terran being out and, and withdrawing, leading to a forfeit. Before we get into that, uh, last week we had ourselves uh, some more New Japan Strong action uh, from Washington. Seattle, Washington, with the New Beginning USA Tour, which saw Carl Fredericks defeat a debutant, Ethan HD, uh, in 11 minutes and 51 seconds. We saw uh, El Fantasmo defeat Matthew Raywald, the Drama King, in 9 minutes and 45 seconds. And in the main event for the Strong Openweight Championship, in his seventh defense of that title, the first and only champion recognized, strong, the Strong Openweight Champion, Filthy Tom Lawler, was able to defeat Taylor Rust, with a real naked choke at 19 minutes and 11 seconds to retain his championship before a new challenger would emerge, and it would be none other than the Wild Rhino, Clark Connors. So we're going to get that match hopefully sooner rather than later, and I cannot wait for that. That should be a good match, though. I'm not going to – I ain't going to hold you. That's going to that's gonna be probably good because – Clark Connors has come such a long way from being a young line to finally graduating and getting to where he is. So that should be good. All right? All right. Um, well, I don't – I, when it comes to Tenzon, Hector, I think they found that out as they were evaluating these guys. I think Tenzon did probably suffer that injury during a match prior to going into this tour, and that's they probably discovered it and was like, okay – we got to sit you, sit you down. Because I think the, the, the combatants were announced well before uh, one of the show. They, they were announced on the week, like a couple weeks prior or something like that. And then they still had to finish off the Golden Series tour. And he probably suffered the injury during like the latter stages of the Golden Series tour, like in Sapporo. And that's probably why they had to, to, to pull him and stuff like that. Uh, speaking of the anniversary show, that happened this past Tuesday in the Nippon Budokan, and we talked about extensively on our uh, New Japan Cup recap podcast. Uh, again, you can listen to that wherever you get your podcast from. But we did talk about the fact that, you know, House of Torture, the never six-man tag champions, were able to defeat Ryohei Oiwa, Yo, and Tiger Mask in the opener. Uh, El Phantasmo, Taiji Shimori, and Bad Luck Fale were able to defeat uh, Takamichi Noko Taichi and a return in Minoru Tanaka in the second match. Uh, Strong Hearts, Sima, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann defeated Doki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and El Desperado. Uh, the fourth match was where the change was made because it was supposed to be Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, and the returning Kota Ibushi against the United Empire. But because of their injuries and subsequent withdrawals, uh, they were replaced by Yuto Nakashima and Kosei Fujita, the two young other young lions. And, of course, Great Okan, Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, and Aaron Hanai were victorious. A special 10-man tag that saw the original GBH, Shiro Koshinaka, Toriyano, Tomohiro Ishii, Tomaki Homa, and Togi Makabe fell to the entire LIJ of Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, Shingo Takagi, Tetsuya Naito, and the U.S. champion Sonata. We had a special champion versus champion tag match in our semifinal. The heavyweight tag champions, Yoshihashi and Kuroki Goto, defeating the 69th junior heavyweight tag team champions, Master Watson and Ryusuke Taguchi, Team 6 or 9. And in the main event, which was a special 50th anniversary match, a six-man, 
Hiroshi Tanahashi and the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada teamed with Tatsumi Fujinami, the legend in Japan, going up against Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and another Japanese legend, Yoshiaki Fujiwara. And Hokata was able to get the victory with the Rainmaker on Minoru Suzuki, and they were able to send the crowd home with the signature Antonio Inoki call of counting down, counting one, two, three, and then da. It was a really good moment and a pretty decent show uh, on the whole. And then the next night began the New Japan Cup tournament. First round matches in this single elimination tournament. The only tournament that New Japan puts on that is single elimination and not round robin point based. And it was Sima and Takamichi Noko that started off in a really good match. Sima won with the Meteor to advance to the next round. Yoshihashi defeated Tomaki Homa to advance to the next round. Hiroki Goto, his tag partner, also advanced to the next round. Jeff Cobb also advanced. He defeated Togi Makabe. Taichi with a big victory over Toru Yano, the KOPW 2022 trophy holder. He gets the victory. He moves. He's the one that gets that bye into the third round because he was set to face Hiroyoshi Tenzan in the second round. But with Tenzan's injury, he's now in the third round. He's already, He gets a, a nice little night off. Well, not really a night off. He's going to be in a multi-man match, I believe. Uh, in the semi, in the sixth match, Hiroshi Tanahashi was able to defeat Yo and move on to the next round. Tetsuya Naito defeated his former No Limit Tag Team partner Yujiro Takahashi in what was a wild, wild match. You got to go back and watch that. But he moves on to the next round and rounding out the one, the first round matches where someone advances. Okada advances, defeating. El Desperado in a heavyweight versus junior heavyweight champion versus champion match that typically takes place on the anniversary show. This year they did it for the New Japan Cup. Okada wins. He moves on to the next round where he will be facing Master Watto, one half of the junior tag team champions. So there you go. And that is your quick look at New Japan this week. Next week, again, you can check us out every Thursday during the duration of the New Japan Cup Tour where myself and Sage will break down the week's action and get you ready for the next week's action and look at the updated brackets, matchups, all of that good stuff. So make sure you check that out. We stream it live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash Pod with the podcast going up every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right? All right let's, bring, let's bring Sith back in here. All right, Sith. We got a, we got a big stack show to talk about, man. Holy shit! <laughs> That's right. It's time to talk about the first pay per view of the year for all elite wrestling. We're talking about Revolution. As you know, for those who may who may not be familiar with AEW, they have taken it back to the days of the quarterly pay per views, whereas they have a pay per view every quarter instead of every single month. And it keeps things refreshing, things in my opinion. So this is their first of this year. Of course, you have Double or Nothing, you have All Out, and you have Full Gear. And also, just a side note, uh, Tony Khan did announce this week that ticket sales that the, the ticket sales went uh, the they got the numbers for ticket sales for their upcoming Double or Nothing, which is taking place not at the MGM Grand Garden, but at TNT the the that TNT T Mobile Arena, and for the first time in company history, they have gotten a gate of over one million 
dollars. Awesome job, AEW. Their first $1 million gate in company history. That is amazing. So that means that place is going to be rocking when they, yeah. hit, when they hit Vegas. But right now, our focus is on Revolution, where we have 12 matches on the card. Three will be on the pre-show. Nine will be on the main show, which means that nine times out of ten... Our live reaction stream, which we do for all AEW major pay, all AEW pay-per-views, will be starting at nine, around 6.55-ish Eastern Standard Time because we have, an, we have a feeling that they're going to be coming out the gates hot because they have three pre-show matches and they only have an hour. I'm sure that they're going to get to it like quickly with, with some of those matches. So about 6.55 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, look for us to be on to be able to get ready to, to, to live stream react to what should be an ama- what should be a really good show. Speaking mm-hmm. of those pre-show matches, uh, here are those pre-show matches. We have Hook versus QT Marshall. We have Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. And just added after the events of, of last night's Rampage, the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews going up against Death Triangle, Pac, Penta Oscuro, and Eric Redbeard. Oh, my. So, Sith, really quickly, your picks, because we're picking these. Your picks for these three pre-show matches. Okay, folks, jot this down. We are sending Hook to defeat QT Marshall, even though he, the factory, I'm sure, will interfere. Hook has a ton of potential, and he wants to live up to that, so I'm sending Hook to win that one. Legit Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. Good buy-in match here, but I've got legit Layla winning this one because I think that a clean loss to Statlander would hurt that heel push. Hirsch wins. And the big question that I have for Death Triangle versus House of Black is with the addition of Eric Redbeard, how his addition will push the story along? Because no one saw his addition coming at all, and he hasn't been in the ring for two years. I'm going well, with House of Black, though. Okay, so first off, I'm going with Hook as well. I'm I, they're they're really this kid is so over. It's insane how over this kid is, and he's only had a few professional matches, and he's so good. Yes. Uh, so I'm going with Hook. I'm going with Hirsch as well. I've always been saying since 2020, keep your eye on Layla Hirsch. And now that she's turned heel, you definitely need to keep your eye on Layla Hirsch. She is a, she is definitely legit. And for House of Black Death Triangle, I'm also going with the House of Black. Redbeard has been wrestling. I believe he's been wrestling on the indies, but this will be his first, like, televised match in a couple of years. Uh, Aside from, of course, he was part of the tribute show for – uh, the late Brody, Mr. Brody Lee, mm-hmm. uh, where he came, he made a run in. He didn't wrestle. He had a run in, and then had that very very touching and emotional moment in the ring with the rest yeah. of the Dark Order, and everything like that. But he's been wrestling on the indie, so I'm pretty sure he's really he's good and ready for you know the ring. But I think the House of Black will win because they got to keep this going. This is this storyline and this rivalry is too good to just have Death Triangle win a second straight time and then it's over. They're going to win, and they're going to keep this going now that they have the addition of uh, Eric Redbeard as part of this. So, yeah, House of Black wins. Okay, for everyone listening on our audio platforms and for the people that are in our chat right now, if you wait until during the fourth segment tonight, y'all can go to our Facebook page, 
give out the predictions. And if you can beat me and Champ next week, I'll give to you a free sub. All right, that's right. Sis, like you can win sis money. That's yep. right. Because because it is a major pay-per-view, you get the chance to win sis money, but you have to be present the yes. following the ep- that episode of the podcast to receive that sub. So make sure that you get involved in those in those predictions mm-hmm. and what and you're probably sitting there wondering, well, what does sub free sub mean? What that means is that when you come onto our live streams, you get no ads. No ads at all, because when you come in, you get an ad right off the break. But when you're sub, you get no ads. You get yep. access to our emotes and everything like that. So why not? Why not try to get a chance to win that for yeah. free? There you go. Let's get this. Thursday night before Champ and Sage went on, I was over in Dad Bod String. He was playing Call of Duty. And because I'm a sub to him for a couple of couple of weeks, gifted sub there, guess what? No way I... Went straight to his chat. There you go. There you go. Good chat. I can, I can see that Shadow's agreeing with your picks as, as both of our picks. And Hector's going off because it took a year for Hook to debut. But that's per, it's good because it, look what he's doing. Yes. Some, sometimes you have to slow burn someone joining, getting in the mm-hmm. ring before they actually get in the ring. I mean, if you look at New Japan, those young lions – it takes them two to three years before they go on excursion, yeah. air quotes. They have to go in the ring and do the most basic-ass moves for two to three years before they can go on excursion and start adding to their moveset. That is how New Japan does their Young Lions system. Uh, and a lot of those kids, they're start, they just started wrestling in 2021, have been part of the system since 2018, right? Yep. So a lot of times they toil in the dojo and be errand boys for three years before they even hit the mat and start wrestling in front of crowds. So you, so the slow burn works because it, it produces stars. I mean, look what it's done for a lot of New Japan stars. Tanahashi went through it. Okada went through it. Naito went through it. Jay White went through it. Yeah. A lot of the well-established New Japan stars all went through that young line system and look at them now. Evil show yo. A lot of them went through that young line system and now they're real. They have established themselves as stars, not only in Japan but in some cases worldwide. Mm-hmm. Right. And look at what AEW's done during the pandemic. We started to see all this indie talent. No one heard of the acclaimed at all until mid twenty twenty. Same thing with the Varsity Blondes. They got signed. Now they're in the top five and putting on matches every fucking week. Very, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. All right, now that we're done with the pre-show, let's yep. talk about let's talk about the main card again. Nine matches, every championship on the line, with the exception of the TNT champion championship, because the TNT champion. Sammy Guevara will be in a six-man match with Darby six-man Allen. Tornado and, tag match. Exactly. Six-man tornado tag match with Darby Allen and Sting to face the AHFO's Andrade El Ilo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. Sith, what are your thoughts on this six-man tornado tag match? What's up, HBC? How are you doing, sir? HBC, we give it to you, brah. Right there. Cool. Um... All right, now the rules for simple here. Texas Tornado match. All participants are going to be thrown at the same time, so there's no tagging in, in a lot at risk here. 
AHFO has a little bit of dissension involved, but I get the idea that Sammy Sting and Darby will win this one because even though Mark Quinn and Jose will be at ringside, Matt Hardy will be leaving things behind or costing Team AHFO the match. Sting, Darby, Sammy Guevara, they're winning. I like I like that pick. I, I agree with you. Like with all the talk that uh Jeff Hardy, his non-compete actually ends the week of like the after revolution, there is a strong possibility he rocks up in AEW. They reform the Hardy Boys. There's Matt has gone on the record as saying he wants to go one have one more run with his brother. And, and, you know, with that tag team division in AEW, there are so many dream matches when it comes to the Hardy Boys and things of that nature. So I do agree that Darby, Sting, and Sammy will win this one, and AHFO will most likely be reverted to the AFO, and then it might get a change from the AFO to something else. We'll see, but I am going with Darby, Sting, and Sammy, though... A big thing that happened on Rampage, which we'll kind of which we'll recover when we talk about Rampage, is the fact that Sammy went to shake Darby's hand after the match when they had the triple threat for the uh, title, and Darby yep. refused to shake his hand. So you got to think there's not only dissension on the AHFO side, but there's mm-hmm. dissension on the face side as well. So yep. keep an eye on that. All right, next we have ourselves what should be a juicy and physical one-on-one match. Brian Danielson wanted to team up with John Moxley to like teach the younger kids about how to do how to do things, how to, you know, how to wrestle, how to fight. John Moxley said explicitly that he don't team with nobody he hasn't bled with before. So now they're gonna have a match. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson one on one. Sith, your thoughts, sir. This is gonna be a really fun match here, as we all know. Moxley and Danielson have a pass together back in WWE. Back on the main roster a few years ago as well. Moxley and Danielson will be an underrated match of the weekend here. But I'm going with Johnny Moxley here to win. And then down the road, he and Danielson, they'll get a stable. I'm also going with Moxley on this one. And I like what, like, I watched the countdown to Revolution that aired after Rampage. Like, my DVR recorded it, which was wild. But I'm glad it did because I was able to watch this. And these two guys went at it tooth and nail in an indie show, like, back years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, years and years ago. And I believe it was, like, 20 years ago because they, they were so young. They were so mm-hmm. young. And they went tooth and nail. I feel like this one right here, they're going to go tooth and nail. And this is going to be come down to the wire. But I think John Moxley gets the victory, though. Uh, I believe uh, – it was Ross Ross Tweddle of Cultaholic who said that neither one can afford a loss because you know John Moxley just you know still coming back to form after being off to uh, do the rehab and you know Brian Danielson just lost a big big match uh, to challenge for the world title so they can't really afford a loss so I like Hector's thinking though of, of a draw but I don't think we're gonna get a draw I think yeah, we're gonna get uh, a decisive winner and I think it's gonna be John Moxley right I think it's gonna be John Moxley Shadow's going with Dan with with Brian. That's nice. No, I, yeah. I like that. I, I like that thinking, though, Shadow. I like that. I like oh, that thinking. Awesome thinking. I like I'm that thinking. Once I'll say it again. We have the smartest fans in wrestling in our chat. Exactly. Blank. 
That's what. That's why. Like, if you're listening to us, you should come and check us out on Twitch.tv slash True No Spot Spot. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Anyway, yep. uh, next we have another very, very, very interesting one-on-one match, and it is based off of very much personal animosity and drama. And we're talking about the Mad King Eddie Kingston versus the influencer Le Champion, the Demo God Chris Jericho, and. This is a personal one, Sith. What do you think? This is one of the harder matches to pick here. One of the key things here is that Jericho is really pissed on screen at Eddie for swerving Santa and Ortiz away from him. And Kingston had a good point in the story saying that Jericho held them back, though, in a sense. So I love the psychology story here, big time. And Champ, here's a shocker. I'm going with the Mad King for this one. What? What? It is time for the Mad King to get his due and get a big dub. He's getting it this weekend. That's a that's a bold pick, Sif. That's a very very bold pick. I like that pick. That's a very bold pick. So here's my pick, though. After everything you just said, with everything you just put out there about Eddie Kingston finally getting that big dub, because they, because Jericho brought it up, uh, they brought mm-hmm. it up in the like he no Kingston brought it up in his promo on Friday night that he couldn't beat Punk, uh, he couldn't beat Miro, you know he he brought up all the big matches he's had that he couldn't win. He couldn't beat Mox for the world title, right? And right. here we are with a chance for him to get his big win. And he gets it. What? What? I think Eddie gets that victory. And when Jericho goes to shake his hand, he shrugs him off and walks away. Because <laughs> he's, yep. he's the petty. He's the like, mad. I'm out. He's the Dude. mad petty. He's the petty mad king. You got to remember yep. that. He's the petty mad king. He's not just the mad king. He's the petty mad king. But Eddie Kingston wins. And Hector has got a really weird reasoning for why he's picking Jericho. But. It's all good, but I'm I'm going. We're both going with Kingston. I think this, I yeah. think he's old one, and I think he gets it. Honestly, Jericho don't need it. He don't no, need he the win. He don't need the win. Why give him the win? He don't need it. Go with. I'm going with Kingston. I, I I'm going with Kingston. Yep, same. That's oh. the main reason why I'm picking Kingston. Is that Jericho doesn't? Jericho can afford this loss. Okay, for those listening, what Shadow just said was very, very interesting. Something's up mm-hmm. with Proud and Powerful. I'm going with Eddie as well, and Power, Proud and Powerful are, is out of the inner circle. Yep. So I like that. I like that a lot. Goes back to something that Jericho said a few weeks ago. I believe it was on Dynamite. He said, it's possible I got the two wrong members out of LAX. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was a, that was a bar right there. Anyway, okay. all right. One more singles match that has a lot of personal animosity to it, a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of intrigue, and that is the dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF. If you have not been following this story, this storyline, I don't know what is wrong with you. It started when MJF tried to shake CM Punk's hand to introduce himself. Punk weighed them off, and then it led to all these great promos, and then it led to a match between CM Punk and MJF in which CM Punk lost, got his first loss in AEW. 
Then it looked like MJF was going to move on, but then CM Punk stirred the pot some more, brought out a picture of Max when he met CM Punk as a youngster, and then Max Max cut probably one of the best promos in professional wrestling history, in my opinion, when he did that. And then he did what he did on Wednesday night, which we'll get into in the, in the week in review, because I got plenty of words for that. But it has led to this dog collar match, and it is extremely personal. Sith, your take. Okay. Well, well, well. We go for a match that is seldom used here, stateside of late. Dog collar match. The last time we saw this in AEW, October the 7th, 2020. Sadly, as it was the last match of the late great Brody Lee against Cody Rhodes. This match won't be for the wick of heart. There will be blood. Champ and I will both be yelling, we've got a bleeder during this match. Guaranteed, fucking teeth, because I expect blood to be spilled here. I'm going with Punk for one reason only. And it goes back to what we're going to discuss in the weekend review. Usually... Nine times out of ten, the person that gets beaten down the night before a pay-per-view ends up on top, usually with booking. So I'm going with Punk here. All right, Hector, you asked this question on Thursday, and Sage answered it for you. It yes. adds to the aesthetic of the of the situation of being gory and personal. That's why. Sage already exactly. answered this question, dude. Why are you asking this again when it was already and why, answered? Why, why aren't you listening to the the show from Thursday night when it's there? No, 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 no. He asked this question in chat on Thursday, and Sage literally sat there and answered Yes, it. I remember. Because and Sage is yes. a wrestle and Sage wrestles. And Sage, Sage wrestles, so he yeah. knows. So that's what I I'm was saying. working. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I'm also going with Punk on this one. Yes. I honestly feel like this rivalry is another one of those rivalries that it's just not getting stale. It's not getting boring. They're bringing so many different elements to it. And I feel like with a Punk win, MJF is not going not gonna to want to let that go. He's going to feel like I sh he shouldn't have had to have that second match with Punk after beating him. So he's going to want a third, and it's got to be like a steel cage or something. like Because you can't go from a regular match to a stip match and then just blow it off and at one and one. He's just going to go to a third, and it's going to be either a stip match or a lights-out match or something. Something is going to make this, is going to end this. But I'm going with Punk. Absolutely, Shadow. Definitely top-tier storytelling and yes. stuff like that. So those are all your matches that have nothing on the line. Now we move on to the matches where something is on the line, whether it's a championship or, in this case, a, tr a chance for a championship opportunity, which is the face of the Revolution ladder match. And the winner of this match gets a shot at the AEW TNT Championship, and the people that are in it are Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, and just as of last night, Christian Cage, who defeated Ethan Page in the main event to earn a shot in this ladder match. Sith, you have three, that's right, three big horses in here. Then you have 
two very quick, uh, uh, very quick agile individuals. Well, no, you have one very quick agile individual, Ricky Starks. You have the laissez-faire, Orange Cassidy, and then you have the veteran in Christian Cage. How do you feel about this one? I'll give you a hint, champ. I'm going with one of the big, beefy, meaty hosses in this match. So that narrows it down to Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, or Keith Lee. I think I know where you're going. I'm on the booking in this match because a third of the uh, quarter of the entrance of Team Taz are in this match. Starks and Hobbs. Guess what, though? I'm going with Keith Lee. He's not turning heel anytime soon, and this is the start of an extended push for the limitless one. Shadow's also picking Lee as well. I am also picking Lee as well. So, so far, we have not disagreed on anything right now. This We're going to be dying on some hills, bruh. I mean, I don't know, but I just feel like with the fanfare that Keith Lee got on his debut and the way that he threw around uh, Isaiah Cassidy and then the, 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 the hell of a fight that he had with uh, J.D. Drake on Rampage, I just mm-hmm. think they're setting him up to win this. He may or may not win the TNT Championship, but I think that he wins this and it's going to be a very – he's going to make a very good face of the network – uh, moving forward, but I'm going with him. All right. Let's get to our championship matches, shall we? Yes. All right. So our first championship match is going to be the TBS championship match. Jay Cargill, the champion, undefeated 28-0, and going up against Ty Conti. Ty Conti. Ty Conti, who, cha- who after Jay was able to defeat the Bunny, made her challenge for that championship, and we're going to get it. And what happened on Wednesday and then Friday was absolutely funny, by the way. Uh, your thoughts? Okay, so this is for the TBS championship, and this should be a barn burner here. Both of these ladies are easily going to put on a good match. Now that Ty Conti's really starting to make another charge for a title. Sorry, Hector. Lady Jade ain't losing this match. She's getting over big with the fans. You do not get rid of a heel champion when they are over this big with the fans. Cargill retains. This, this, I like, I like the the possible dynamic of this match. Of course, you know Jade has the power, mm-hmm. and the, she has the power advantage. Whereas Ty, you know, she has a striking advantage. Yep, and she's also got the speed advantage. And I like the fact that she gotten she's gotten into her head kind of a bit, but you know I I love Jade's attitude. I like the fact that she's been improving so much in the ring. She's starting to have longer matches, as she's starting to you know show some promise and of and things of that nature. I'm sticking with Jade to remain undefeated. She's going to retain the championship, but it's going to be a pretty decent match, though. Honestly, I just like the fact that on Wednesday when um, <laughs> Ty was over there talking, she she came in there when she heard about the karate stuff. She came in there and said, "Bitch, shut up! Don't know, don't nobody give a damn about that Taekwondo shit." <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I loved it. I love when she came in and said, damn, shut up, bitch. Nobody give a damn for yep. that, that karate Hector. shit. 
Hector still has hold on, Sib. No, stop, stop. Sib, he still has an answer to the question of why he hates Jay uh, with the Panama stuff, but doesn't hate uh, Anna Jay who does the same yeah. thing. She, he still hasn't answered that question, by the way. So to, I'm just to, to quote Hurricane Elms, what's up with that? Yeah, he still hasn't asked that question, by mm-hmm. the way. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, but, of course, Hector's Hector, going with, yeah, with Ty. Of course, Hector's going with Ty because he hates Jay for some strange reason, but yeah. doesn't hate Anna Jay for the same thing. And exactly. Shadow's going with Jade as well. Again, remember, put these on our Facebook page so you can have a chance to win a sub from Seth. Just remember, just putting it out yeah. there. But I'm going with Jade. Next, Tag Team Championship, three-way matchy. The Jurassic Express are defending their tag team championships against Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. Sith, what do you think about this one? Okay, so the cool thing about this being a triple threat here is that Jurassic Express doesn't have to be pinned to lose the titles here. And that would protect them in a loss if they are not the ones pinned. Ah, you see where I went there, champ? Yeah, I did. What's up? Yeah. Now, Jurassic Express has had the title for 60 days going into the match here. And it's not unheard of to have transitional champions, but I don't see it here yet. Jurassic Express retains here, even though you have two great teams in the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. And I think those two teams are going to implode because one team will cost the other the W and Jurassic Express wins out. Hi, Sunshine. Thanks for the 50 bits. Appreciate you stopping by. Hi, son. Um, we still haven't disagreed on a single on a single one here, have we? Son of a bitch. Because I'm picking Jurassic Express to retain <laughs> as well. Um, I just... I. A part of me was about to pick Red Dragon, but then I remembered that AEW tend to have much longer reigns with mm-hmm. titles like these. Like the TNT Championship really doesn't have long reigns as we've seen, but they're like the 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 more the already established championships like the World Title, the Women's World Title, and the Tag Titles have long long reigns. And I think that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus reign will at least reach a hundred days before someone beats them. So I think they win here, and I think it'll be because either Young Bucks cost Red Dragon or Red Dragon cost Young Bucks, creating more of that dissension with Adam Cole in the middle of that, which Adam Cole is not going to want to have to think about when he has a main event world title matchup on this card. So I'm going with Jurassic Express. Next, for the Women's World Championship, we have Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Defending her championship against Thunder Rosa, the number one ranked woman in the in, in the rankings. The only time these two have faced off in a singles match, it was that epic lights out match that they had in 2020, which had the entire wrestling world buzzing with how gory, graphic, and violent it was. Thunder Rosa did get the victory, but it did not count in the official rankings because it was an unsanctioned match. This time it counts, and this time it's for the title. Sith, what are you thinking on this one, sir? Ah. And here's where some people are going to lose their shit at me again. Because guess what, kids? The reign of Dr. Britt Baker, D.M.D., is about to draw to a close here this weekend to Thunder Rosa. It's been a hell of a reign for the good doctor, and she's actually gotten way over as champion. 
But Thunder Rose is about to become AEW Women's Champion this weekend, and I'm dying on this hill. I like that pick, though. Thunder Rosa, man. I'm Thunder Rosa. We, like, we're, we're still... We haven't disagreed on anything, right, Seth? I'm just asking. So far. We haven't. Disagreed, right? We, so haven't. Far, right? we haven't. Okay. Well, we disagree here. I'm picking DMD. What? What? The rain continues. I feel. I love Thunder Rosa. I think Thunder Rosa's awesome, but... I think the reign continues. Britt Baker's reign as a women's world champion has been absolutely brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant. I think I don't think Thunder is the one to beat to beat her. Though that does beg the question of, well, champ, who is the one that could beat her? And right now, I don't know. Maybe it is Thunder Rosa. Maybe it does happen this weekend. But I'm going to go I'm gonna die on this hill and say that DMD retains and I think that she does it without much help because Jamie Hayter and Rebel will most likely be neutralized by Mercedes Martinez. So I think that this is where I think this is where the rain will continue, and I think it ends up ending on like a dynamite special or something like that. To like something something that comes out of nowhere, honestly. Yeah. Though if. Though, though, if it isn't Thunder Rosa on the pay-per-view, maybe it, she does, maybe it is interference and she protests that, hey, she couldn't do it without help, X, Y, Z, and they have a match where there's no help and then she does it there. But I just feel like Dr. Britt Baker is going to retain. Cool. Everybody else is going with you and going with Thunder Rosa. I'm the only Dang. one dying on this hill, and that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll die on this hill. We've agreed on way too many on this story. I, I figured there was going to be one we was going to disagree on. And I, fig- I didn't know that one. I mean, my God, we died on a hill the last pay-per-view we did together. We predicted every single match the same way, and we were both like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, it was Elimination Chamber. Fuck. Um, And then, of course, we have our main event, which is going to be for the AEW World Championship, the undefeated Adam Cole, baby, gets his shot at at Hangman Adam Page and the AEW World Championship. Who you got, Sith? Okay, as Mark Henry says on Rampage, usually, and now it's time for the main event. Ah, yeah. Now, for those saying that Paige has not had a not-so-impressive reign, I do disagree. He had matches against Ryan Danielson and Lance Archer, and all of them were absolute bangers. Am I right or wrong, champ? Facts. Thank you, sir. So who do I have winning? Here's in for you awesome people looking for Paige to lose. It's not happening this weekend. Colin Page will have a phenomenal match here. Now I'm going to add a wrinkle to it here. Cole loses. We're, we're the person on. he thought would be a trusted ally costs in the match. And that man is the leader of the elite, Kenny by God Omega. Wait. Yes. What? What? That's right. I'm going to tell y'all this right now. Either Kenny Omega costs Cole the match or 
if Switchblade can arrive in time, Jay White doesn't. Because you got to remember, there's already some dissension between Cold and Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. And how did Paige win the belt? When the Young Bucks showed up at full gear, they stood aside to make sure that Paige got indoctrinated the correct way. I think that these guys are turning face slowly but surely, and it starts with Omega or Switchblade costing Cole the match. Wow, that's that's a hell that's a hell of a one right there. I'm I'm also going with the the the, the champions to retain here. I just don't I don't see any real like run-ins or anything like that. I just see it to be like a physical matchup with. Well, there's a possibility that Red Dragon could get involved and then the Young Bucks could, like, run them off or something like that because, again, it might be a, a more of a a continuation from what happens in the triple threat uh, tag match, things like that. So, But I do think Paige retains. I honestly think Paige retains. And Shadow is right. No, that Lance Archer Texas death match was absolutely amazing. Yes. Uh, his, ma- his two matches with Brian Danielson were amazing. So you can't say that man has had a, a lackluster a title run. I think the problem though is that, you know, booking wise, you know, they haven't had him on TV much, you know, and when he is on TV, he's mostly doing promos and stuff like that, but I I think that Paige is going to retain the championship here. Uh, Shadow's going with Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Oh, good one. The Omega and Cole match in the near future. Oh, okay, okay. I like that. I like so do that. I. But I like that. That's bro, we one. respect you. That's all all right. Say. It's time for our preliminary grades here. And people are going to hate me for my preliminary grade, but it is what it is. I begin with you, Seth. What is your preliminary grade here? I have mixed feelings about this card, champ. Okay. And everyone. Okay. The match between Jericho versus Kingston is my main worry here. I just don't know how well the chemistry will work here on a pay-per-view stage, but here's hoping it's good. And also, Eric Redbeard hasn't been in a proper match on pay-per-view in a few years. Sets so in the back of my mind as well. Now, AEW has been on a win streak here, dating back to not having a disappointing pay-per-view since All Out 2020. But my gut is saying be cautiously optimistic because we're due for a possible disappointment overall, possibly seen from the AEW on pay-per-view. B for preliminary grade. Ooh. Gives them a lot of room to improve. And they could prove me wrong and stay in the A territory like they usually do. But my gut's telling me this may be like all out 2020, where when I rewatch it, ooh. Yeah. Wow. That kind of, I think the hate may be more on you than me then. Okay. Yep. All right. So I look at this card as well. I feel like, uh, I feel like the Jericho Eddie match could be, could be a weird one. Given the fact that, you know, Jericho's in his fifties, he doesn't wrestle that much. And a lot of times in multi-man matches, he has a, I don't remember the last singles match he was actually in, uh, recently, outside of like this, the match he had with Dick Gage 
during uh, the well, no, he had the match with Maxwell Jacob Freeman and stuff like that. But he doesn't wrestle a lot of singles matches much, uh, much anymore. So it's kind of hard to tell how he can what he can do in a singles match. And we know that Eddie's, you know, a very un- unpredictable person. So we don't know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, again, even though I praise Jay Cargill for her improvement in her work in ring work. This is her like first proper pay per view match. She's never. This is her first pay per view match ever. So you know, there's no telling what could happen in terms of this. So I'm I'm gonna say B plus. Cool. I'm gonna say B plus. Like I said, I thought I was gonna get hate for that until you came out and said B, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm safe. (laughs) But I'm going with a B plus. I think the other eight matches on this card can likely reduce the deficiencies of those other two matches I just mentioned. But I still feel like, as you mentioned with your grade, there's room there for them to go into a territory, even though it's a small, even though it's not going to take much to go to a territory mm-hmm. from a B plus, but it keep, it keeps them in a range where they can hit a, because this pay-per-view revolution since it's first, since the first event in 2020 revolution has proven to be the most consistent of the four pay-per-views for all elite wrestling. Facts. And so I'm going to go with a B plus here. And guess what folks? I am right now flipping over to our Facebook page and I'm putting up our predictions on the show's page. So Guess what, folks? Pack them, stack them, and rack them. Go to the No Spots Pod uh, Facebook page, please, and give us your predictions there. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, uh, Hector, I'm, I'm so glad that you asked about that your 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 video because I, I have it right here. I'm gonna play it right now. Uh oh. I have. I I wanted to wait until I wanted to wait till I was on here. To, to, to play this, so I'm gonna see. I'm gonna play this and stuff. We do not own the rights to this music, so we're gonna do. We're gonna do a live review right now. I'm pretty sure our audio listeners, I don't know how good y'all can hear this. Can you hear it, Sith? I can. Okay. And honestly, it's better than what I can do drunk. He's good to go. Facts. (laughs) Yeah. I shit you not. One night I was drunk. I was in my 20s. Okay, it's it's 2 minutes and 31 seconds, and we have a podcast to do, so we're not going to continue to listen to a lot of that rest of that stuff. So there we go. All right, no, Hector, we like it though. We like it though. No, that, yeah. no, I, I, no, legit, no, legit, Hector. I did karaoke for three years. Three years. Oh, three years. Wait, no, is it three years? Okay, what's the years? This This is twenty twenty-two. Junior will be nine this year. Wait, 
I'm so confused. Hold on. I. Hold on, because Junior was born. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I did it for three years. For three years, from 2019, no, from 2009 to 2012, right? All I did was rap because I can't sing for shit, okay? So for you to go up there and sing, and you sang a song in your native language, so that made it even easier for you to do. I can't sing for shit. But I, but I could do a few songs because they're within my range. So, no, that was good. That, that was pretty that good. That was good, man. I, I, I appreciate the effort, honestly. I appreciate the Same effort. Same here. Much respect, man. Definitely appreciate the effort. But just know, just know, anytime you say you're going to karaoke, I'm going to expect a video. Dead yep. ass. <laughs> Dead, Dead ass, homie. Dead ass. I'm going to want a video. All right. Y'all know what time it is now. Time to get into the week in wrestling. And, of course, uh, every week, every other week, we alternate who's going to be leading the charge. And, of course, this week, it will be none other than the Sith Lord himself who will be guiding us through this journey of going through all the wrestling shows this week. This should be fun. Sith? Yeah, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right. Uh on Raw this week, we opened up with a segment between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. And then following that, a match with the two of them versus the Alpha Academy champ. You push where the opening segment plus Rollins KO versus Alpha Academy. Uh, I kind of pushed this. I kind of pushed this. It's kind of crazy that the tag team champions get beat a week before they're scheduled to to defend those championships against them as one of their challengers. So that's kind of a, uh, that's kind of a, it's kind of a weird booking decision, but fuck it. So I push. Hector wants us to push or bury his performance. Push, push, push. I push, push, but but yeah, I push that segment and the match. Um, as far as segment match, I'm giving it a small push. Usually I'd give it a regular push, but again, the piss poor booking decision of having your champions pinned the week before a title defense is a real head scratcher. So small push. Right. Okay. Becky Lynch, Piper Nevin, and Nikki ASH took on Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Rhea Ripley. In a six women's tag match, and damn, those waltz had to hurt. Champ, you push your berry. By the way, there's fan cam out there. Those shots with the hair, those sound effects were not added in there. That was no, legit. those were legit. Those were legit sounds from that whip. I'm giving this a push because you had Becky Lynch on the run and ended up with Bel Air getting the victory. Poor, Nikki Ash, man, they're gonna have to get rid of that character now. That that character is, is ruined now. She's gotten pinned again in this match, and Nikki's yeah. not looking good, but Bianca's looking really good. So you push. Absolutely, you push. You got to get rid of this almost superhero bullshit. You need to get rid of Piper Nevin's stupid fucking name too. You, you need to get them both back to where they were in NXT. But this was a good match, though. And he continued the cross story building arc as well. Although I'm sick and tired 
of Nikki versus Rhea Ripley. I've had enough of it. We're done here. But it's a good transitory build for Lynch and Belair. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Big champ. Yep. After that, we had a match between Robert Roode and Tomasa Champa of NXT. You push your berry. Leaving it where it is. Um, it was too short. I think those guys could do a lot more if they were given a lot more time. Number one. Number two, they took away Champa's No One Will Survive theme, and that kind of bothered me quite a bit because uh, I actually like that theme as opposed to what he has now. Two and three, uh, he ended up getting his ass whooped by the Dirty Dogs anyway, and had no help because his the taxi partner he had the la- last week was getting ready for a U.S. title match. So, not pushing it, but the match wasn't bad, so I'm not burying it. Just leaving it where it is. I'm giving it a very, very slight push because this match needed more time. You could have gotten rid of the six woman tag. And had that next week, and things would have been fine. But, God, Champa's theme. God, that was just trash. I disagree. You don't get rid of the six-woman tag match to give this one time. You get rid of Reggie and Dana versus Tamina and Zara, and then you give them the time that they got. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't even put 24-7. And that match was after this, by the way. I know. Just that saying. was ass right there. That that. Uh, I'm moving on. Move on. In the United States Championship match, Finn Balor took on the infamous Archer, Damian Priest, in post match. Oh shit, champ! You push your bury this. Big push for this one. This was an amazing match. That went back and forth. They had a lot of time. They was able to get a lot in. It was really, really good. A surprising title change. Balor's now the U.S. champion. And then the big ter- hail turn at the uh, after the match where Damian Priest basically said, yeah, these people don't give a damn about me, so fuck them. And they beat the absolute shit out of Balor after the match. There's going to be a rematch for this one. But I got to say, I enjoyed it. So big push for me. Big push here, big time. The match was lit. Um, action was solid. Storytelling was compelling. Oh, and champ, who told you a couple of months ago with Damien getting DQ'd, there was a heel turn coming? Who said that? I believe that was you. Yep. Jesus Christ. I have to give WWE a little bit of credit here. Just a little. Good job. Y'all, y'all acted on long-term story building. Keep this up. We want more of that. Shadow, you got to go back and watch that match between Priest and Balor. Yes. It was really good, dude. It was that really, was really good. That was a banger. It was definitely a banger. And then to close out the night, Edge and AJ Styles had a promo because Edge was looking for someone to go for him to face off against at WrestleMania, and AJ Styles answered the challenge. Champ, you push your bury the closing segment. Oh, you push this. This is this is brilliant. This is brilliant because I was sat. Okay, so breaking kayfabe. I was sat watching this while working, and I was like so into work. I wasn't even paying attention to the pacing of the show. 
And I actually thought that there was going to be something else after this. And when the, the gimmick came up at the corner and it was ending the show, I said, wait, the show's over? But outside of that, this was a really great main event segment. Edge came out. He wanted to know who's stepping up. I said, it's give us AJ. Please give us AJ. And then when it hit, I said, yes, thank you, God. Let's go. AJ came out and said, hey, let's go. And then Ed said, you know, I want the, the real AJ Styles, not the one who was, a tag, who was a tag team bitch to almost. And I said, oh, get shit on AJ. <laughs> and then Edge literally just beat the crap out of AJ Styles. And I loved every – it was just brilliant. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. That definitely got to push that. Edge's best work in his career, in my view, has always been when he's been a dick heel. Facts. And what does he do Monday night? He puts down AJ for his tag team with Amos and then beats the shit out of him and gives him a concerto and turns heel. This is a solid push right here, big time. Yep, absolutely. Now, before we go into Dark and Dark Elevation, it's time for your match card time alerts for these shows. Absolutely. Let's get that, let's get that cooking then. I have we? it all here. Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day! Here comes the start of the day! All right, ladies and gentlemen. AEW Dark Elevation this week had seven matches and had a running time of 40 minutes and 48 seconds. Dark Proper Tuesday night, 11 matches and a runtime of one hour, 21 minutes and 40 seconds. Combine the runtimes and Dark had a runtime in Dark Elevation combined. Two hours, two minutes, 28 seconds. And that is your match card time alerts for Dark and Dark Elevation this week. Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day! Start of the day! Here comes the start of the day! You know, I've really gotten to like Dark Elevation of late. They, they tend to put on some really, really good cards. They really do. And guess what? <laughs> They opened up with one hell of a match. Jay Lethal, the former Ring of Honor champion, going up against George Joel of the AHFO. Champ, you push your berry. Push. Uh, this is a really solid opening match. Very physical. Uh, Jay Lethal, the, at his age, to still be able to hit that lethal injection with such precision is mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And Joel Joel, Joel, Joel will thrive a lot better once he is away from the AHFO or he might just end up just not being a factor in AEW. I just feel like he is just, it's just, I don't know when it comes to him. He suddenly has like really intense persona about him, but I just don't know how well he was going to do on his own. And if the AHFO does have does turn into what happened, what's going to happen, like we talked about during the AEW revolution uh, preview, then it's not going to be a good thing for him. But this was a good match to push. Okay, this was a fun opening match, and I'm pushing this despite the push remove button on Joel. As he won last week, then this week, it's another L. But did you listen to what Matt Hardy told him, though? 
There is a threat to be deleted if he doesn't improve. That is true. Yeah. Um. Okay, folks. Hector, Hector, I, did you did you watch did you watch that on on Facebook? Cause that's the only place it would be is Facebook. I gotta go back. Why? He's Hector said he watched the first episode of the podcast. He commented on and stuff. So I'm assuming wow. it's gotta be. That's I'm assuming it's gotta be when we were on Facebook. Gotta be. Wow. That goes back. Anyway, moving on. Frankie Kazarian had a match Monday night against Allen Five Angels of the Dark Order. Champ, you push a berry. Uh. I actually got to push this because this is actually really solid as well. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, the vet himself, going up against a, a, a really good up-and-comer in Allen Five Angels. I really, really like this. Allen, I really feel like Allen Angels, if and when the Dark Order does, you know, break up, which I hope it doesn't happen, I think that they are going to – he's going to be really, really good. He's going to be a star. He's going to be really good. So I, I give it a push. Um, this is a good match here and worth a push here. When you're having quick shows online and Dark Elevation is hitting that sweet spot of around 35 to 45 minutes a week now, it helps to have a good solid match like this, especially when it's the tenured vet Kazarian. He's like a 20-year vet. And someone who's up and coming like Alan Angels. So, yeah, push. And oh, it was on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube, I mean. Nice. No, no, that's what Hector said. He saw it on the YouTube channel. I forgot we were streaming live yeah. on YouTube. Damn. Yeah. How times have changed. Jesus. Anyway, what's the anyway. next one? What's number three? Number three, we had women's trios action this week. Diamante, Emmy Sakura, and the Native Beast, Nyla Rose, took on MLK, Taylor Sparks, and Paris Van Dale. Champ, you push your berry. Small push. I mean, the result was never in doubt. They jumped the girls from uh, off the start, which you expect from them. I really like this it, this this trio though, because you have the intent, you have the power of the native beast, right? You mm-hmm. have the you have Diamante, who's like just just hard striking, physical specimen, yeah. and then you have the unpredictable Emi Sakura. And these three girls had no idea what to do with this, and. So there you go. And so that's why I'm giving it a small push. It was just, yeah. Yeah, Paris uh, Van Dale, welcome to Dark Elevation. But that being said, small push. The one thing I liked about this match, though, that brings it into a small push, Diamante's new submission and her moveset. Oh, that was good. Mm -hmm. That was good. Yep. In women's action, someone that Champ and I have been championing for for quite a while now, Legit Leila Hirsch took on Willow Nightingale. Champ, you push your legit, push your bearing. Oh, you know I'm pushing this. I this Ooh, is yeah. the way that this is the way that that Layla Hirsch should have always been booked as someone that just is going to run through fools, right? And that's yep. what we got here. Is that she ran through she ran through Willow Nightingale? Get her out of here, Layla Hirsch. Getting ready for her her big pay per view match, even though it's not on the pay per view, she gets her opportunity against Chris Statlander. But here she showed why she's so good. So push. Yep, absolutely you push. Legit Layla Hirsch is just like Serena Deeb 
and soon to be mentioned, Marina Sharif, submission specialists. And the way they just work around the body is just so amazing. Love watching legit Layla work. It's just a lot of fun. So, and that's that's Marina Shafir. Yeah, Miss Mrs. Mrs. Rod Roderick Straw, by the way. Yes, but absolutely push. And I know Hector is going to bury this, but the main event had Evo Uno and Stu Grayson of the Dark Order taking on Chaos Project. Champ push bury. Luther wasn't even actually that bad in this matchup, but so I'm giving it a, a bit of a push. Uh, he wasn't that bad. I just like this dynamic where he just uses Serpentico to just beat his opponents up, and that's just, yeah. and it also beats up Serpentico. I like this gimmick, and I like the fact that U- that Uno and Stu were in the main event, so I'm giving this a push. Hector should not bury this because he's been he's me and him met through Evil Uno's uh, what you call it his stream. So if he buries oh, this, put- then he's he's then he's trash. He's fake, but now I'm pushing this. This is real, this is solid, you know, it's solid. I'm pushing it. This was a solid main event here, but again, I tell you all. Oh, cool, Hector, you are pushing it. Good job, my man. Um, but please get fucking Serpentico away from Luther in the ring. Good main event, but the way Luther's interacting with Serpentico at times. Reminds me a lot of Alpha and Sika back in the head shrinkers of WWF, WWE back in the late 80s, early 90s. Kind of throwback to that. But anyway, we move on to Dark Proper. As I said, 11 matches on the card. And match number three caught my eye. The Acclaim versus B-Jack and Donovan is an Alina. Champ, you push your berry. Uh... I push. I mean, again, the, the acclaimed are now, you know, they they are in the top five. I believe yep. they're number one. They're number one, I believe. And so, of course, you're going to get a nice little solid outing from them. You're going to get uh, a good, a, a decent little rap from from Caster. And that's that's basically all you can you can ask for, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the diss track wasn't as solid as most of Max's tracks of late. But it was, but it still had bars though, and the match was dominant. So I'm giving it a push, but it, of course, top five tag team, and they keep rising, so that's a good thing. Uh Marina Sharif, this is Roderick Strong. It's, it's took on Danielle Kamalia. Champ, you push your berry. Uh, I'm I'm giving this a, a bit of a push. I like Marina Shafir. I like the fact that you know she. Th- this is another situation of someone that came through the WWE system and mm-hmm. in, in the Performance Center and was in NXT, but didn't get much of an opportunity. Is now you know getting an opportunity here with this company and is getting to show what she could do. I mean, she's a former MMA fighter, so she's got that joint manipulation and striking. But she brings it all together with the wrestling, and she really shows how well she can do. So, uh, poor, poor Danielle, Danielle Camella. Sorry, kid, but yeah, Marina Shafir gets a push. Shafir gets a push here, and I'm going to tell you right now, Shafir is going to be a lot like Layla Hirsch and Serena Deeb, major names that are sleepers in the women's division. Yes, indeed. All uh, right. Yes. Okay. 
Moving on. The following match, though, at two of my favorites, not in the dark order. Dante Martin versus the returning Jack Evans. Champ, you push your berry. So last week when we talked about the injury to Angelico, we mentioned that this was a match that had already been filmed that hadn't seen the light of day. And sure enough, here it is. It's seeing the light of day now. And this match was incredible. I mean, you had two high-flying, agile guys in Jack Evans and Dante Martin. It was really great to see uh, Angelico, albeit briefly. As you know, again, at the time that this, that was recorded, he had, you know, was dealing with rehabbing that ACL injury. Mm-hmm. and uh, But he still had uh, Jorrell out there. He had Jorrell still out there. But again, I can't I can't be mad at this one. I give this a, a push, a regular push. This is really, really solid. I'm giving it a regular push. Really fun match here between Martin, who's gradually making a name in solo comp because he's number five on the AEW men's rank- rankings, and Jack Evans of the AFHO. And it's good to have him back because he's had some issues as well. So it's good to have him back. You know, good push here. Because of the action, storytelling, and chemistry between these two. Yes. Oh, boy. This was a technical marvel that we're getting to next. We're talking about Daniel Garcia taking on Josh Woods. Champ, you push your berry. Oh, you definitely push this one. This was, this was good. This is really good, man. I mean, just absolutely just solid. And as you mentioned, just a technical masterpiece between these two guys. Daniel Garcia is just such a vicious and hard, hard-hitting fighter, but he's also someone that will just lock in a move and just absolutely, just, just absolutely destroy you. So I definitely am giving this a push. Oh, you gotta push this, Champ. Knows I'm a big fan of technical wrestling, and this was a clinic. Oh, hands down, you push this. And lastly, the main event for Dark this week. Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta took on Aaron Solo and then Camarado of the Factory. Jam, push your bearing. I like I like Wheeler Yuta. I love Orange Cassidy. Definitely push this one. This was a pretty <laughs> fun uh, tatsy main event. Uh, you got Wheeler Yuta who's actually trying, and then you have Orange Cassidy who's kind of trying. Uh, and the Factory, yeah. even though they continue to like lose matches and things like that, they still really look awesome. In, in, in those matches, Nick Camarado is just a big monster. Uh, like Hector calls him, Bruiser, Bruiser Brody, like reincarnated or something like yep. that. Awesome, awesome main event. I enjoyed it a lot. A really good main event here. Easy push here. Brought, both teams brought the smoke. A lot of fun to wrap up Dark this week, easily enough. I did have two honorable mentions I wanted to mention. Number Go. one. A face Kira Hogan, I actually can get behind. I like yes. that. She had a good match with Kelsey Reagan. And also, listen, everybody knows I love the captain. And he got a win on this week. Let's yes. go. Let's fucking go. I love it, bro. It's so awesome. So, yeah, those are, my, those are my two honorable matches with those, those two, honestly. Those, I can those, dig it. I'm digging the, the face Kiera Hogan. I mean, granted, her her persona and her character is more drawn towards being a heel, but yeah. I think, but I think the people can get behind her, and she could be a face. So 
Let's let's see how it goes. Yeah, it might, it might you work. Got to remember when she first started at an Impact, she was a face, right? Mm-hmm. People tend to forget that. I mean, they know Fire and Flavor because Fire and Flavor really took hold during the pandemic, but she was a baby face before then. So yeah, this I've... isn't uncharted territory for her at all. Yeah, I like it. I like Me it. Too. I like it. All anyway, right. Let's... Move on. Let's go to the other part of Tuesday night, which would be NXT, ladies and gentlemen. And we opened up with the team of Braun Breaker and Tomasa Champa taking on the Dirty Dogs champ, Pusha Berry. Shout out to Tomasa Champa coming out in a singlet, though. <laughs> Boom. That was that was hilarious. He kind of been getting he been kind of getting low key roasted, saying he was trying to dress like a Steiner. That was pretty funny. But outside of that, the match was pretty good. I really liked uh, the the continuity between Breaker and Champa, uh, mm-hmm. a not so established team going up against an established team like the Dirty Dogs. Really good matchup, uh, and it really sets up what would happen uh, later on with setting up the championship match that we're getting ready to have, but. Again, I like it. So, push. Major push here, big time. My God, this was a fun match to open the show with. And it's one that I think that we haven't seen it yet this week. You need to go back and watch it. All right? Just solid work here as we have the old school meeting the new school. And I kind of like this vibe of having people from the main roster coming down to help put over NXT 2.0. I'm kind of digging this a bit because I was worried about how things were going to work with that, but I, I'm becoming a fan of it. Moving on, the women's Dusty Cup got started this week. Wendy Chu and sing it for me, champ. Dakota Kai, do 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 do. Dakota Kai, do 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 do. Dakota Kai, yeah, took on the team of Indy Hartwell and Persia Priota, champ, along with the pre-match, do you push your berry? I'm giving this a push only because of the fact these, not only this one, but the other women's Dusty Cup match we had on this card were a miles better than the ones we had last week. That ass. Yep. This one was really funny because of the fact that you know you have this team of Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. This is the like the most off ass team you could have going up against an already established tag team in Indy and Persia Perota, but both women are distracted. Well, yeah. no, no, no. I'm gonna use a term. I'm gonna use a term that was uh, used by a comedian uh, some more. They're both dickmatized. Right, yeah, because you have Indy who still hasn't heard back from her husband, Dexter Loomis, and then you got Persia who's being courted by by Duke Hudson, aka Dull Hudson. So they're digmatized and distracted, distracted, I should say, and you let this off-brand team beat you. Okay, here we are. Indy and Indy and, per- and Persia are out. Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai move on. Where are we going with this? But I push anyway because it was it was pretty good. I give it a small push. Would have given it a regular push. But I need to get this fucking soap opera strip between Priota and Hartwell done. I, I can't get rid of this soap opera shit. It's really getting tedious. Some yeah. more. 
wait a minute, she was in Friday After Next. Wasn't she um, Cat Williams' boyfriend? And then... No, no, no. No, 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 no. Okay, my bad. No. I forgot what character she played Friday After Next, yeah. but yeah. Okay, after that, we had Solo Sikoa versus Walter. We refused to use that stupid-ass name. Champ, you push your berry. Solo Sokoa's chest got fucked up in this match. <laughs> but we put you push, you push, you push. Like I'm not, I'm not mad or surprised by the result. Walt Volter should have won this, even though Sokoa is the up and comer, and a win like this would have been huge for him. But you got like you, you renamed this man and stuff like that. He's got to get on run. You can't expect this man to still have that aura about him. After this name change, it's just not going to happen. So I'm giving it a push. This is good. I'm giving it a push. I refuse to call him by that fucking name. But it was a decent match, though, to say the least. But yeah, hey, Solo. Yeah. You learned something that a whole bunch of guys learned in the UK and all over Europe. But Walter Chops, that motherfucking Chops. <clears throat> I don't want Mei Ying back, Hector. I like Wendy no. Chu. I like Wendy Chu, honestly. I like Wendy Chu, Hector. I just don't like the soap opera shit, that's all. In the other part of the Women's Dusty Classic this week, we had Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade taking on Valentina Faraz and Luisa Leon, champ Iposhaberry. Get these two chicks the fuck out of here. I like this tag team of Raquel Gonzalez and yes. Core Jade. I'm pushing this. I like this. I like this team. I really do. I like this team. I like the little vignettes they did uh, outside the ring to like solidify their tag, their partnership. I feel like that's the team that's going to win this tournament. Honestly, um, I yep. think they're going to beat Wendy Chu and um, and Good Dakota guy. Kai next week. I think they're going to beat them, and then they're going to face EO and. KLR and beat them. Yeah. In the finals, it'll be EO and KLR versus Raquel and Cora Jade. Gonzalez and Jade should win and absolutely push this match. This was a good way to wrap up the first round here. And you know what the irony is? The Women's Dusty Classic already is better than the entire Queen's Crown tournament they had last year. Yep. Pretty much the long and the short of it, pretty much. Yep. And in the main event, Pete Dunn took on Carmelo Hayes. And afterwards, a little something, something happened in the post-match. Champ, we push your berry. Brother. <laughs> Brother. Not only does this get a push, this gets a major push from me. Yes. Very solid main event match. Uh, Carmelo Hayes is just showing why he earned the right to or how he, why he earned that rising star or whatever that that tournament was called where he won that next tournament. up i think something like that no i don't think it was next up no it was something like something similar to that but yeah he deserved to win that he he deserved to win that he showed it he's yeah. highly skilled incredible talent pete dunn is just pete dunn pete dunn's gonna do pete dunn things clearly yep. and then after the match Carmelo said that at Stand and Deliver that Saturday, he's going to defend his North American Championship in a ladder match. I cannot wait oh. for that. 
shut up and take my money on that with the ladder match. That's going to be insane. The main event was lit. And Pete Dunne's doing something really important here. Because Pete Dunne's been around NXT and NXT UK quite for several years. He's making sure these guys are ready that are coming up now. Mm -hmm. He's literally being one of the mentors there for the younger talent to help foster that younger talent. And you got to put some respect on Pete Dunne's name for that. Yes, you, you definitely do. I, I, like I said, this week's... Uh, the breakout was... tournament, guys. Thank you, Hector. Thank you, Hector. Um, no, I this week's episode 2.0 wasn't bad, but it's it not one decent. I'm going to go... It's not one I'm going to go back and be like, oh, I got to go watch that again and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was good. It Especially was, it was, it was in good the main event of NXT UK this week. Holy fuck. You got to go watch that again. Okay, now I will. On I to... will... I will say this though, there were a couple bits in here that kind of like there were a couple bits in here that I wanted to point out, like that whole that little situation with uh, Saray and and Tiffany Hat Tiffany yeah. Stratton, which was weird. That was that was a weird one. Uh, Come Tuesday, aka Von Wagner and Chase Ch- and Andre Chase, which wasn't bad. That wasn't bad either. And also, what was the other bit? And then Lash Legend. She needs a lot more. She needs some more work because apparently does. something happened in that match that caused uh, her opponent to get a concussion and had to be wheeled yeah. out of the arena. So Lash Legend needs some more work, and now they're about to put her in a match. They're about to look like they're about to put her in a match with uh, the new girl, uh, Lion, Lions. And yeah, I don't know. Man. I don't know how big of an uh, how good of an idea that is to put someone like Lash Legend who still needs to work in a ring in a match with Nikita Lyons who just made her debut last week I don't know but whatever I don't like clearly like we're getting WWE main roster booking on NXT 2.0 so I'm just yeah. done <laughs> I'm just yeah done. Hector's agrees with us he, she needs some serious polishing badly okay we move on to Wednesday night and Wednesday night we get AEW Dynamite now, for those who missed our take on the Tony Khan announcement, please go back to segment one because we did our thing there about that. So after Tony Khan's announcement, which was really cool, it was three and a half minutes and done, we had a callback to one of the first man participants in Ring of Honor match-wise. Brian Danielson took on Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel. Champ, push your berry. Push. Now, granted, they're, they're, they were the first match in Ring of Honor history, and this was 20 years ago. So yes. you can imagine their ages now as opposed to then. Daniels is like in his 50s, and Brian's like in his 40s. But mm-hmm. this still was a really great way to open up. The nostalgia was there. Uh, and it was great to see CD back in an AEW ring. We haven't seen him in an AEW ring since 2020 when uh, the Bucks defeated SCU for them to end up breaking up. So yeah, it was great to see CD back in a ring. His eyes still fucked up, but clearly it's not affecting him in terms of what he does in the ring. And Danielson is just still Danielson. Yeah. And I like what he did after the match where he did where they did the code on at the start, but then after the match he was like, you know, I would shake his hand and I'm shaking his head, but I'm gonna still kick his head in and yeah. that was that. So I think that was really good. And 
then he, you know, then of course Mox hit the ring. They talked, and then that was it. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Big push here. Excellent match to follow the announcement that was historic by having the, that flair of honor put in there. It was somewhat nostalgic for some people, so that works as well. And Danielson, I love him being a heel. You know, mm-hmm. I loved it in WWE when he was on SmackDown and he was a heel, and I'm loving it here. Mm-hmm. And as I said, people complained about the post-match, but come on. It helps more of that dick side of, da- of Brian Danielson for this weekend. So go chill. All right? Cool. Then we had the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale to determine who the third team would be in a Texas Tornado tag team match that we are getting tomorrow night. Champ, push your berry. I push this. I push this for number one. The number one reason I push this is we got Darius Martin back. Come on, guys. We got Darius Martin is back after sustaining that devastating ACL injury uh, in 2020. He's back. Early 2021, he's back. And it looks like Top Flight are going to be back in the tag team team scene, which a lot of us worried about that if he came back, that Dante was such a star as a singles that Darius would be, like, shut out. But, no, they brought back Top Flight. And they started it, and they almost went to the all the way. Yep. But I love I like the fact that you know there was the, it's an interesting result with the Young Bucks because then you have that situation with them and Red Dragon, and as we talked about in the preview, how uh, the Revolution preview, how they that situation could end up being very very interesting in terms of the result of the tag team title mm-hmm. match. So push. Yeah, absolutely, you push. Darius Martin showed up. I marked out. It's great to have him back. Nothing against Dante. Dante has been killing it in singles competition. He has. But it's good to have Top Flight back together again. And I said the only issue I have is that it was a the outcome was predictable that the Bucks would win this and beat the other team as they have a story with Red Dragon. And therefore, the predictability factor was there. But overall, you give it a push. And then, in women's tag team, the women's tag team area, Dr. Brooke Baker, D-M-D, and Jamie Hayter took on the team of Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa. Champ, you push your berry this. This one you got to push because the result was so surprising. The challenger pinned the champion. What? But that's kind of where why I made the pick of Britt Baker over mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa in the singles matches because of the fact I felt like, okay, you pin the champion, great. But I feel like that's setting it up for the champion to get triumph and win in the singles match. Love you too, Sunshine. Um, so that's why I went with that. But the fact that the challenger pinned the champion in that yep. match and not the fact that the challenger pinned her tag partner is very, very telling. It is. So there you go. That's why I push. Yeah. And I push as well. It really did increase the build here for the big match Sunday night. You had to put the final nails in it along with things growing gradually. Good shit. 
But before then, champ, you know we got to address the elephant in the room again. What's that? So CM Punk and MJF had a promo segment. Yes. To quote George Takei, oh my. Champ, push your berry. This is my all. This gets my ultimate mega push of the week because, and it's funny because I knew this was going to happen. Yep. As much as that promo that MJF did the week prior pulls you in to be like, oh my God, that's got to be real. You had to know that it was a ruse and that he was going to make it a ruse and not only make it a ruse, but make it a very elaborate and violent ruse and then not only that but take a set take a a portion of cm punk's promo that he cut in ring of honor on the night that they acquired ring of honor against punk mjf's the best heel in the business period push mega ultra mega push ultra mega push he's not tribal chief heel but god damn is he good holy shit i went back and rewatched this on my dvr and then i made the mistake champ you know what they did for youtube they put the blood in black and white so that way they couldn't get a strike Right. That is how wild this promo was. Is that in order not to get a strike from YouTube, they turned the excessive bleeding to black and white. A lot like in Kill Bill Volume 1 with that whole 98 Ninjas thing. They had to turn that to black and white to avoid the, P- avoid the NC-17. Hi, Sunshine. How you doing? Yeah. Yep. And finally, in the main event, Adam Cole, baby, and Red Dragon took on Hangman Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. Champ, you push your berry. Definitely push. This was really a really good main event. I I I really enjoyed it. I liked at the beginning where Hangman te- not Hangman Adam Cole teased that he would start with Hangman, but then ended up referring to one of his tag partners. But it was really fun. It was a really fun match, and then the post match really makes you makes you want to believe. If you've not been a wrestling fan for a long time, makes you believe. Oh shit, Adam Cole could possibly win the world title. Whereas wrestling fans like myself and Sith. We see yeah. that post match is saying, "Oh, Adam Page is retaining the championship, dude." So there you go. That is that. It was a great way to close out Dynamite. That visual was a great way to close out Dynamite, and makes you really look forward to that world title match coming up on Sat on Sunday. And another solid episode of Dynamite is in the books. What's up, Sil? Yeah, I I was busy last night, bro. I had like three channels that I mopped for on at the same time, so I had to keep my focus on there. Otherwise, I probably would have showed up, but I appreciate you being. I appreciate you being here, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, Silliam, how you doing? Good to have you here. This is my big, major, huge push of the night, right here. This was a solid way to have the final nail in the coffin for the main event this weekend by having a trios match and see what happens here. Just an 
excellent final build. And the post match was solid. Those asking how come the rest of Dark Order didn't come out, this was meant to give the final build for the main event that Dark Order is not involved in, hence why the save was not made. Mm-hmm. You see, that that's the thing. If someone asked me, why? how come the rest of Dark Order didn't come out? That's why they're not going to be involved in this match tomorrow night. That's why. Anyway, now we go on to Thursday. And, of course, on Thursdays, we give you the NXT UK report. And, champ, in this report, Mark Coffey and Shaw Samuels had a very intriguing matchup with Gallus and Nolan Dar banned from ringside. Who won that? You'll find out in a few. Stars and Mastiff took on pretty deadly. In the tag team division, what happened there, you'll find out here. In a match that I have already watched two times already. The main event had Nathan Frazier taking on Ilya Dragunov, our NXT UK champion. Who won in that encounter? Find out all this and more in the NXT UK report right here. Right now. Hello, friends, and welcome to your NXT UK report for this week. We open the show this week with Mark Coffey of Gallus taking on Shaw Samuels. Where the other members of Gallus, as well as NXT UK Heritage Cup champion Noam Dar, were banned from ringside. This was a solid opening match that matched brawling with science here and a match of a little bit of power as well. At the end of the day, it was Mark Coffey on top as he hit a drive-by punch to the side of the ear for the pinfall win. Charlie Dempsey tried to talk to A-Kid at the UK Performance Center and then it turned into an ambush when D-Familia beat down A-Kid. Eva Dawn has declared that soon she will be NXT UK Women's Champion. Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter confronted Mustache Mountain after what happened at the end of their match. There will be a remain match down the road between these two teams. In the tag team division this week, we had Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff taking on the former NXT UK tag team champions pretty deadly. This was off the heels of backstage tensions last week. This was a match between science, brawling, and scheming, but at the end of the night, it was Mastiff and Stars on top after Stars snapped on Stoker and Holly after Stoker took his jacket. Zaya Brookside, again, is whining to her daddy after her shortcomings in the ring. Much to her dismay, though, she was recorded on video with that phone call. Next week, Joe Coffey would take on Noam Dar for the NXT UK Heritage Cup, and A-Kid will be taking on Charlie Dempsey. And in our main event this week, Nathan Frazier challenged our NXT UK world champion, Ilya Dragunov. Our champion walked into this match with 192 days as champion for this defense. This was one hell of a main event as neither man wanted to lose and had to fight through injuries throughout the match as well. At the end of the match, it was Ilya Dragunov on top after a brutal head-to-chest version of the Torpedo Moscow. And after the match, a sign of respect from champion and challenger. And that is your NXT UK report for this week.
All right, first and foremost, thank you for that NXT UK report again this week, Sip, number one. Number two, I'm not changing that music, even though they changed Ilya Dragunov's music. That ain't changing, because I like that one better than his new theme. Exactly. That's number two. Next, they need to get Zyra Brookside the fuck off TV. <laughs> yes, I can't with this character. I just can't. I can't, Daddy, bro. daddy, daddy, it's not there. Get fucked. Shit, man. They got to get... They got to get that shit off my TV, off my screen, bro. I can't. I just cannot. All right. Next. I love that that vignette with Iladon. Not Iladon. Is it Iladon? Yeah, Iladon. Yeah. I honestly really feel like she's going to be a very good challenger for, for Mako Satomura, honestly. I really think she's going to be a good challenger. Uh, also, uh, Smith and Carter know something's up. They know something's up. They know. And I think we're gonna they're gonna learn some more. We're gonna learn more about this potential Trent Seven Hill turn the next time they face each other for those tag team titles. Yep. I feel I feel like that's what's gonna happen. Um The open uh, uh Massive and Stars. Stars going ape shit was absolutely really, really, really good. I, I think that was really fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh also Coffee and, and, and Samuels, that was pure British strong style beating the shit out of each other, clearly. Yep. But what was really, really awesome was the main event. Now, full disclosure, Seth, I literally just watched it. I literally just watched it while we were doing this podcast. So that's why all of this is fresh in my head. I literally just watched NXT UK, and that main event was something special. Did I not Nathan, tell you that? Nathan, yes, yes, you did. Nathan Frazier, the former Ben Carter, showed up and showed out in this matchup. But yes. of course, Elia Dragunov also showed up and showed out in this matchup as well. Absolutely just, just so good. It was just so good. A match like that shouldn't be that good on fucking regular TV. That's, that's a pay-per-view quality affair, and yet we got it for free. Well, technically for free. Well, we got it for this free because we were on Xfinity, a, honestly. I'm going to say this right now. This is easily going to be a top 10 match of the year. I feel that. I feel that. May not be top five. But this is one of my favorite matches of the year so far. Yeah, I agree. No, this week's this week's NXT UK was very solid. Honestly, it I was. really think it was it was something really good to watch. All right, it's time to go rapid fire now. As we continue on with Thursday, we are now on to Impact Wrestling. It was their go home yep. show for Sacrifice. Let's go, Sith. All right. And speaking of that, we opened up with a match between Steve Macklin versus Eddie Edwards of Honor No More. Champ Pushberry. Pushberry, which one? I'm sorry. I was Macklin versus Edwards that opened the show. Oh, um, I'm giving this a, 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 a regular push. This was awesome. This was really good. This is really good. Uh, Macklin having that fire and, and passion within him. Seems like he's kind of undergone a slight face turn, given the fact that he's still Team Impact, and everybody thought, oh, he's going to be the one to turn on Impact, and it turned out to be Edwards, and Edwards being that smart, that really evil heel. I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it, so I'm giving it a push. I'm giving it a regular push as well. It was a really good way to open the match, lay down the groundwork for sacrifice, and... Macklin is a face. 
Okay, for now, I'm him. Moving on. Heath had a match this week against Vincent as a tune-up for his match against Moose this weekend. Champ Push Barry. Giving us a small push. Um, I don't know enough about Vincent to be able to, to judge what he could do in the ring, but this was just a match that was just there. Uh, but it was it was solid enough to not just leave it there, to just give it a small push, but it is what it is. Small push as well. It came close, came very close to leaving it where it is because I know nothing about Vincent at all. But the post match is what boosted this up to a small push for me because we had to get those final nails in the coffin. And champ, quick take. Heath, Moose, who you got? Heath, Moose, Moose. You better believe I'm rolling with Moose. In the women's division, we had Masha Slamovich continuing to just come in and dominate against Rachel Rose, champ Push Berry. Push, push. This is how you build somebody up. Masha Slamovich should be just, like I just mentioned with uh, Layla Hurst, Masha Slamovich should be, should be wrecking fools, and that's what she's doing. She's wrecking fools. So, so it gets it to that point where she wrecks fools so much that it's like, oh, she's gonna like she's a legit champ person that could challenge for uh, the Impact World Championship or you know something like that. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm going she, with. She is a threat to Mickey James, and also to quote Moose Matt Mid Cardona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she can contend for the Knockouts Championship as well as Digit Media, so absolutely push. Also in the women's division, Tasha Steeles took on Chelsea Green as a lead-in for the match for Steeles James 2 tonight in Sacrifice. Champ, push Barry. Uh, you push this, you expect, like, they had they were playing off the story that Chelsea Green told Mickey James, who was on commentary, to not get involved no matter what happened. And sure enough, Savannah Evans got involved. Mickey was gonna yeah. get up and do something, but then remember she made a promise not to, and it turned yeah. out to be the difference as uh, Tosh Steele's got the victory to earn her to earn this shot at uh, James at sacrifice. And here we are, but push. Yeah. Uh you push Mickey. Did what she was told to do. So, Chelsea, you got no one to blame but yourself here. Push. And in the main event, Violent by Design and the Gorillas of Destiny took on the Bullet Club. Champ, push, bury this no DQ main event. Push. This was a weird combination of, of VBD and then GOD, but it ended up working. It ended up looking pretty good. Uh, but really solid main event, eight man tag. All you had all the stories in there. Of course, VBD trying to get the tag titles, GOD wanting to get their piece of flesh off of Jay White, all that good stuff. And yeah. the way that it started, it started as they just brawl and it looked like we were gonna have a match. Then Scott Demore turned into a no DQ, and it was just wild. Yep, good shit. I'm pushing. It had a lot of implications for Sacrifice this weekend, and it was a good way of wrapping up the go home for Sacrifice. So absolutely push. Moving on down to Friday nights to Smackity Down, and they opened up with an icy title match, ladies and gentlemen. 
That's right, folks. Ricochet took on Sami Zayn. Champ, you push your berry. Reports came out this week that Ricochet is considered the number two babyface on SmackDown. And I said, well, what the fuck? What the, what is, who cares if he's, they're not doing anything with him? So then they turn around and they put the Intercontinental title on this man. <laughs> Look, this match was really good. Of course, you're going to get the interference from Knoxville. We're finally going to get Knoxville versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, a match that everybody wanted. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah. no, this was good. This was good. This was good. Great way to open up your show. Push. Absolutely. Solid push here. Solid opening match. And I get why they had the ending and why it happened here. I don't like extending this feud with Knoxville and Zane. But fuck. Well, we got Ricochet for IC champion. But I'm hoping this lasts a good long while and we can get a really good long lengthy reign. But sloppy booking? No. I guess. And please, I'm begging WWE. After WrestleMania weekend, get rid of Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville is not Bad Bunny. Period. Cool. We're moving on. Yep. Anyway. Austin Theory and Pat McAfee had a segment. Oh, and I called this in the chat that McAfee would be going up against Theory. But anyway, champion Push Berry. Push this. The uh, Pat McAfee's reaction to this was amazing. That's what made this, especially after uh, Austin Theory slapped the taste out of his mouth. And then, he, and then he went and blamed Michael Cole, saying Michael Cole knew about this. And Michael Cole didn't know what the fuck to do at this point. It was so crazy. But no, this is a good one. Good push. Yeah. Definitely a good push here. And I called in the chat that McAfee would take on Austin Theory. Oh, I'm sorry, Graves. It ain't going to be you, Chief. Push here. And at least we have four weeks to build this, which is also a good thing. Right. Definitely. And of course, Champ, you know what we do here. We acknowledge our tribal chief, as well as the bloodline. We had a nice little segment. And yeah, Roman got his shit off big time. Week by week, Roman gets. Oh my god, Champ. Hey Seth, hey Seth, can you talk real quick? I got, I got, I'm getting a phone call. Hold. All right, cool. Now look, I know I'm gonna get shit for this, but Roman Reigns is getting better week by week. We are getting the promo segment, the promo in Reigns. We are getting now, week to week, is so different than what we had when Roman was pushed over and over and over again as a babyface, where the promos were bland, where you could tell that He's just going through the motions. Now he's going into territory heel, territory here, where he's delivering promos that just cut through. It is amazing to watch. Going back into the chat here, Hector, you're on point, dude. 
Zaya Brookside's 23-year-old child is annoying as hell. I was watching it Thursday when it came on Peacock on NXT UK. And I couldn't take it. I'm getting sick and tired of it. I'm getting sick and tired of WWE and their lackadaisical booking. I mean, you have good book, good booking decisions, like the build for Isla Dawn versus Mako Satamora, which will be a good filler until Blair Davenport comes back when whatever her injury is. And you have some good booking here and there on NXT and the main roster. But a bulk of the women's booking in WWE is confusing. It, it really is confusing. How can you take women's wrestling seriously when a women's champ, you back? Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I had a phone call. Sorry about that. Cool. No um, worries. So, so we're talking about the tribal chief, right? Go back to uh, that. Of again. course. Um, well, so I pushed the segment, of course. I mean, of Roman course. Reigns was just like, just, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, so here's a, cra- here's a crazy thing. is like you're seeing a different bit of this Roman Reigns tribal chief thing. It seems like he's like losing his, you know, it seems like he's really getting emotionally invested in which you hardly ever saw when he became the, the tribal chief. Right. But it's really, really good. It's a really good uh, iteration of this character and everything like that. So I push. I push it as well. And man, listen. Nakamura Blues better acknowledge my tribal chief, goddammit. Y'all had no business going to the ring and interrupting my tribal chief. Get facts. fucked. Get fucked. Yep, get facts. And speaking of the Usos part of the bloodline, they had the match that we were denied at the Elimination Chamber against the Viking Raiders. Champ, push or bury? Push. Um, this was this match had no business being as good as it was, and I said that a lot on Thursday when we talked about the first uh, night of New Japan Cup. This match had no business being as good as it was. You really had a lot of instances where it seemed like the Viking Raiders were going to actually win and become mm-hmm. the tag champions. In the end, though, the bloodline showed that they were the ones. They hit their fin- their ta- their tag team finisher, and they retain. You push. Yep, absolutely, you push this match. I'm still pissed off that we didn't get this at the Elimination Chamber, but we finally got the match, and it was a good one. Outcome is about what you would want. And I'd like the renaming of the 3D, the 1D. Yes, exactly. And in the main event and post-match, Ronda Rousey took on Sonya Deville, and then Ronda and Charlotte had an encounter. Champ, push your berry. Very small push. I mean, you expect Ronda to run through people, even though she's mm-hmm. not been in proper matches in, since 2019. So we're three, almost three years away from that. And again, Sonya Deville has is not really an active competitor per se. She's a, she's an official. So you expect 
you expect uh, this. You expect this from from Ronda. But what what gives the small push is that during commentary, Charlotte kept saying that she was a one trick pony. She only had the armbar. She only had the armbar. She only had the armbar. Well, guess what, Charlotte? She doesn't only have the armbar. Only have the armbar. Only have the armbar. She has an ankle lock too. <laughs> she has an ankle lock. So yeah, but I will have to say. I need to correct something. Everybody kept saying that Ron is trying to be the first to tap out Charlotte Flair. Ron is trying to be the first to tap out Charlotte Flair. Hey, guys, Sasha Banks called. She wants her credit because she tapped her out three times with the bank statement. We all forget yes. that. But anyway, you, I'm giving this a small push. It was what it was. I wasn't expecting much else. There you go. And I'm leaving it where it is because now we're retconning history to try to make it look like Rhonda can make history here. No, Sasha Banks did it three times. The match was okay, but it's to be expected again. Sonya Deville is more known to be backstage now as a producer and everything, you know, an official and everything. And the promo, the minute she's just like, I've never tapped out. I was done. I'm like, I'm, we're done here. So I'm leaving it where it is. The fact yeah. that they're trying to make the fans look stupid by doing this shit, they can get fucked. Anyway, moving on to Rampage. To Rampage. They opened up with one hell of a banger of a triple threat. Sammy Guevara, Andre El Idolo, and Darby Allen. Champ, Push Berry. Super, uh, big push here. Very, very competitive uh, three-way for the TNT Championship. I'm liking what AEW is doing now with Rampage with their big matches starting off the show. And what they do is they have the interests separate on their YouTube channel. So you can get that experience there and then switch right over to TNT and then get the match itself. So you don't miss out on that. But they keep the interests separate. Because they don't, because they only have an hour, and they're starting to fit three, four matches into an hour show. So they got to sacrifice something. So they sacrifice the entrances for the opening match. But this is really solid. Uh, Sammy taking advantage. Uh, well, he he got the GTH on Andrade. Then Darby threw him out. Darby went, took a little bit of time to throw the middle finger to hit the coffin drop. Then Sammy swoops in, takes the pin, got gets the win. And then we saw the attempted handshake, and then he walked away. So there you go. Push. Yep. Big push. Uh, big, pu big solid push here. Excellent way to open up the show. And I like this new format for Rampage. It's really, really, really good. In singles competition, Keith Lee took on J.D. Drink of the Wingman. Champ, push Barry. Uh, push. This is uh, this, I got mentioned earlier. This is a very good big men slap, big men battle. Uh, J.D. Drake is so good. And mm -hmm. you don't get to see a lot of him except on Dark and Dark Elevation. So for him to get a chance on network TV and to be able to, like, really show himself against a guy the caliber, Keith Lee, big time, big time stuff. So you push. Absolutely, you push. It's good to have J.D. Drake on network TV, as Champ said, um, because me and Champ see him almost weekly on Dark and Dark Elevation as part of the wingman. And he... You know, also put on good matches in the indies beforehand. So he can put on good matches. And this was a good quick match. 
uh, because you had to build up Keith Lee for the ladder match, which is this weekend. So, oh no, you push. The five-minute challenge from the Professor Serena Deeb. Champ, push your Barry. You pushed because here's the funny thing. Her opponent was smart. Layla Gray was smart. She yes. was smart. She was smart. When the bell rang, what did she do? She rolled to the outside and started yes. running around and wasted time because she knew she knows the rules. She doesn't have to beat Serena Deeb. She just has to survive the five minutes. But uh -huh. she was doing fine until Deeb, as soon as Deeb caught it, it was over. And the match lasted a minute. But that was still fun to watch, watch to see her and have her establish that strategy. Like, hey, if you want to beat Serena Deeb, just avoid her. Yes. You know, just avoid her. But that was good. I'm, I'm still enjoying this challenge. And eventually, it's going to get to the point where it's going to start to get more and more. Mm -hmm. Like, the time's going to start to get more and more close to the five minutes. And then someone's going to beat it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Push. Absolutely, you push. This is one of the high points of a Friday night here. Just to see how long to beat the clock here. It's just a lot of fun. Oh, are we almost like a wait. Wait, what? Separately. Oh, we like this, but we're doing it separately. In the post-match, champ, talk to him. Sheena's back. Holy yeah. Sheena. I can't. I'm, I'm, that's big push right there. Um, you love to see it. She came out there, and she brought her kendo stick and started beating the crap out of Serena D with that kendo stick. And I'm sitting here watching this, and all I kept yelling was, Hey Serena Deep, get shit on! Yeah. It was it was a it was amazing. Big push. Yeah, major big push here. It's fucking the Karmashita. She's back. I popped hard on this. Got a feeling. Five minute challenge will eventually be defeated after Sheeta is back from her dates in Japan this month. Yes. The professor, you're about to go down, girl. Yup. And in the main event, we had the last match to determine who would be in the face of the Revolution ladder match. We had All Ego Ethan Page taking on Christian Cage. Champ push Barry. Uh I put I'll give this a I'll give this a push. I'll give this a solid push. This was a really solid main event. Uh, Christian Cage, of course, he's not. He doesn't wrestle uh, as much as a lot of the guys. So, of course, he's a little bit more fresher. But he still can go in there and really put on a show. We had the Battle of Ontario. You have Hamilton, Ontario versus Toronto, Ontario, and Toronto came out on top. There was no shenanigans. It was really, really solid. I would really love to see Ethan Page get the victory because it would have been interesting to see if he can go make it a man, a man of the year back-to-back -back in the face of Revolution, but instead we're going to get Christian Cage. And then after the match, of course, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus had to come out to, of course, celebrate with their boy. Then the, their, their two challengers decided to come out and, you know, do shit. They tried to take the title from him, but they each had a belt, and then Luchasaurus just simply just went over the top of him and said, man, give us our shit back, man. Push. Big, yeah. Like, solid push. Solid push here. Um, and for those who don't know, Hamilton is a suburb of Toronto. So these are two guys that know each other quite well, to say the least. Really enjoyed this match. And neither Paige nor um, Cage were going to win the latter match, but I did enjoy it. It's a good story, Tim. Chemistry push. 
And now we get into final thoughts where Champ and I discuss what's on our minds. Could be wrestling related, could be non-wrestling related, just never know. And per usual, I will lead. Welcome everyone to the right back to the alternate baseline. Okay. So I'm going to go on a rant here, and it's constructively aimed at all elite wrestling. Note to Tony Khan and the powers that be. Your pay-per-views are overall solid for the most part, but there's a glaring issue with me as well as some of your fan base. With these pay-per-views, they're on, on average, when you factor in the buy-in show that comes on usually 30 minutes before the main card, you have us sitting down for over four hours of programming here. It's a drag to get through Mondays when you show these pay-per-views that when you get done watching on a Sunday night, your adrenaline is still pumping hard. It's one thing if it's a holiday weekend or a rare Saturday night. I mean, I get it. Tonight's UFC on ESPN Plus, I get it. But fuck me. When it's a typical Sunday, though, this goes into overkill territory, and at times it can drag a bit. Get this. The average pay-per-view these days from Impact, it's that sweet spot. Main card rides around 2 hours and 15 minutes before that replay kicks in at 11. WWE, it just all depends on what shows being held and how long the programs are scheduled for because two nights of WrestleMania, you're looking at four hours if it's off at 11, four and a half if they go beyond starting at the kickoff at 7. AEW gave us a slight reprieve at Revolution last year. The show went off at around 11.35 that night, but for the most part, AEW's pay-per-views go until 11.55 here on the East Coast. And if, if you got family members, you're trying to keep things down with a pet as well, or if you got to be in at work first thing Monday morning, it drags. All in all, it relates to overkill at times, more or less, and it makes things crazier in my department because if I sense it lagging, because I reviewed the pay-per-views, and unlike some of the wrestling media, I'm fairly objective as to what I watch. Unlike some people, you give all your matches that involve your EVPs, four and a half stars or more, even if the matches aren't as great as others on the card. On the more better end of things, though, I get why you only have four-hour pay-per-views, and it's totally understandable. You aren't, say, Impact, where you have monthly specials for subscribers online with Impact Plus and or the Ultimate Insiders on YouTube. You're not WWE, who has pay-per-views. God forbid I didn't use that term that's easy to prop up Peacock Premium on a monthly basis setup either. You have quarterly pay-per-views, and you're focused on more bang for the buck here, basically. We have specials on network TV revolving around Rampage and Dynamite, and that's all good. But when you only have quarterly pay, but it's all good that you have quarterly pay-per-views. So I get why you feel that more is better, and I respect that. However, some of us are a bit drained after three and a half hours, so. Note to AEW, I really enjoy your pay-per-views overall. Only once so far since you guys have had pay-per-views wasn't top quality, and you guys bounced back from it easily enough. Sure, I gave you grief on the ending to Revolution last year, but overall, the card was great. And until that misfire, you guys rightfully took digs on Dynamite because you realized the blowback from a gimmick that didn't work out 
just please, I'm begging you, consider possibly trimming down the runtime just a little bit. Not saying sacrifice quality, but just trim out a little bit here and there. That's my final thought. And then the basement tomorrow. Creature features plus leprechaun and so much more. Champ, I yield the floor. All right. So last week we covered a story of troubled WWE Hall of Famer Tammy Lynn Stitch, a.k.a. Sonny, who for the second time in 2022 was arrested. The first time she was arrested was for making terroristic threats and uh, possession of a deadly weapon uh, after threatening her, basically her fuck buddy. Then she gets arrested again for essentially DUI and driving without a, on a suspended or revoked license. And everybody kept saying, she needs to get help. Maybe she should go to DDP. And I basically went off and said, you know what? That girl is a lost cause and just whatever. Maybe she just needs to go to jail for a very long time to finally get it through her head that her life is spiraled out of control. Well, this week... Another former wrestler who has been spiraling, whose life has been spiraling out of control since leaving the wrestling business, decided to actually get the help from the proper, the, get the proper help from DDP. None other than Marcus Buff Bagwell, who announced this week that he is moving in with the Hall of Famer to get help with his, addi with his addiction. Uh, it was announced on Thursday that he was going to move in and uh, he's going to move in with DDP for his new change or die project saying, quote, I hate to do this, but due to me moving in with DDP this week to get the help I need and work on a new project called change or die. I have to propose, I have to postpone my Orlando and Melbourne, Florida appearances this weekend. We will announce a new date very soon. You can get your refund at where you originally purchased your tickets. I'm deeply sorry for this but I have to get myself together to be the best Marcus Bagwell possible. I'll still be on, in Ohio next weekend for our live show. He also added a follow-up tweet that said, thank you so, quote, thank so much love sent my way today. Thank you guys so much. It means the world to me. I'll be back stronger than ever. Uh, he recently did, uh, he recently expressed uh, interest in doing dark, uh, a death match. And also he's been dealing with, a lot of stuff. He's had troubles with the law. He's even worked as a male gigolo and um, all that other stuff. And it's been it's been crazy. So this man, Marcus Bagwell, knew that he needed help. And he's going to get the help that he needs from DDP. Sonny, why are you not doing this? Why are you not recognizing... That your life is spiraling out of control. You're going down the tubes. You can't do your OnlyFans and make your money off of OnlyFans if you're not free and not in. If you're sitting in a jail cell because you either threaten someone you were having some relations with, or you're driving around under the influence when you have no license. This is why I wrote you off last week, Sonny. Buff Bagwell realized the, the troubles he was in, and he said, I got to be the best Marcus Bagwell I can be. Why are you not trying to be the best Tammy Lynn Stitch that you can be? Oh, you know why? Because you feel like this Tammy Lynn Stitch is the best Tammy Lynn Stitch you can be. 
And that's why I wrote you off. That's why I said this girl's a lost cause. Ain't nobody ever going to be able to help this girl. This girl is past gone. She's past help of, help of being helped at this point. Scott Hall went and got help. He was way out of control with his addictions. DDP helped him. Jake Roberts was pretty much on death's door with his addictions. He got help from DDP. DDP helped him out. And now Bagwell. Bagwell is going to do the Change or Die program, which is what it's being called, which is a great one. I admire and respect Marcus Bagwell for wanting to do this, knowing that he needed this. But yet, Tammy Lynn Stitch doesn't try to seek this out. No, I'm sorry, but Tammy Lynn Stitch is a lost cause to me. She's a lost cause. No one can help this woman. And it's, it's, it's only going to end bad for her. It's going to end up with her in jail for the rest of her life. Or dead. And that's just the harsh reality of it. So I'm going to say it ahead of time. Rest in peace to Tammy Lynn Stitch. Because that's the only way this is going to end. Because I don't know who can help her at this point. And that is my final thought. This Wednesday, I mean, not this Wednesday, this Monday, we are going to be talking about Wizards again. It's the Wizards Roundtable where they had a couple, they had a really tough loss last night to the Atlanta Hawks. And then we have a live look into a game, I believe. So, uh, unless that game is tomorrow, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about three games this week. So, make sure you check us out. We, are got, we got a lot for you this Monday. It is the Wizards Roundtable, part of the Sports on the Hill podcast, which you can find on twitch.tv slash Robbie G underscore sports, O-T-H-P, as well as on all podcasting platforms as well. Not a bad show, Sid. We got through it in under three hours, and we had a lot. Yeah, that was my hope. I was just like, please, let's get it done by under three, so that way we wouldn't have to cut through. Um, And also, don't forget, Thursday night, 7 p.m., Champ Sage, People's review of New Japan the week that was the New Japan Cup. That's right. Thursday night, myself and Sage will be looking back at the uh, this week's action with the New Japan Cup. The next uh, round of uh, the next four there's four events this week. It's going to be the final two uh, final first round matches of the New Japan Cup from the right side of the bracket, and then the start of the second round. Uh, for the New Japan Cup as well. The first round matches taking place on Sunday. So, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Cannot wait. All right. Uh, for our audio listeners, you guys are always awesome and checking us out and everything. We appreciate you guys. Next week, remember, we have the New Japan Recap Podcast coming up Friday, where, again, we're recapping the these upcoming first round matches and second round matches in the new Japan cup should be really fun to talk about with Sage uh, as well. So make sure you look out for that next week on the podcast. We will be recapping uh, AEW revolution. We will also give a quick recap to sacrifice, which is going on right as we speak. 
So make sure you go and check that out. As you're gonna be able to check that out as well. So we got a lot going on. Also, make sure you do check out Sis Basement. Uh, you just search out Sis Basement wherever you get your podcast from to check out uh, his content as well. All right. So for our audio listeners, we will leave you here. But we appreciate you as always. Take care and have a great week. Peace out. Hey guys, it's Champ here. We hope you enjoyed that episode of No Spots Podcast. If you did, make sure you are following us so you can be notified when we upload new episodes. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, facebook.com slash nospotspod, as well as on Twitter, at truenospotspod. We will catch you on the next episode. Myself, Donnie Wrestling, and The Sith for the No Spots Podcast on the True Radio Network.